Oh, 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 cheeky monkeys. Get on with it. Toffee, toffee. It's black cap. Hashtag Buckheaders. That's magnificent. Hello, John. Up and down. Well done. Bye bye. Hello, dear viewer and listener, and welcome to a Burkamp Wonderland. We are a frozen tribute act, and tonight we're going to build a snowman. With me is Drew from Not No Sunny No More, probably, oh, you call it Fall, didn't you, Drew? A Fall New York, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> An autumnal New York. There you go, that's not better. Yeah, it's no longer sunny here. It's actually quite dreary and rainy, which should be familiar to you too. But thanks for having me back. Oh, it's it's always a pleasure. <laughs> um, uh, talking about pleasures, here he is. It's the cheeky pirate with his with his non-working keyboard and his cats in the background heckling him to get on with it. Oh yes. Hello, Danny. How are you? <laughs> oh well, uh, people go and Google Methotrex Eight and see what it's for, and then see what it has does to your bowels. <laughs> all don't. All don't. Oh, it, it, took you, it took you 40 seconds to mention vowels. The record. <laughs> we actually had a question about um, a bowel movement, and I didn't know what it meant. Chris had to explain it to me, so that's coming up later. You can look forward to that, boys and girls. It's going to be a poo question. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're all itching for that one. Uh, yeah, literally. Oh, dear, oh dear. Right. Um, we've had a little chat about how we're going to do this. No one gives a damn about the Crystal Palace game. So if you want to go and listen to that, our highest listened to show of the season so far, go back to that and listen to the ABW Live that they did. Very good show. Lots of interactions. Really interesting. We just picked one bit from that game, haven't we, Chris? What, what have we decided to pick from? It's not the ball boys. It's it's not the kit. It's not the socks. It's not the shoes. What was it? Uh, the pies. Uh, oh, pie. Uh, <laughs> uh, um. Yes. No, we, we just we just thought we'd we'd touch on our, our good friend Granite, didn't we? Just just to have a, a little um a little well, not a line drawn because we, we still don't really know what the future holds or what's gonna happen. The the suggestion is he will miss the Wolves game, I believe. Um various reports. I mean we don't need to go into what happened. I think anyone who's anyone knows what happened now. Well I didn't realise until I was listening to Harry's show today and he had um, Elliot Yankee Gunner on there fantastic go find that and um, chronicles of aguna that's a really interesting half hour chat they had and and elliot actually spoke slowly so i could understand what he was saying and i thought that he threw the his armband down and he elliot was saying that he didn't he, he kind of threw it towards, towards the bomb yeah. yang the bomb yang just uh, saw it drop to the floor and then he said the look that a bomb yang gave jacka yeah. was uh, quite a start. I didn't see any of that. Like, I don't know, maybe it's because um, I was ill at the time again or, or what happened. So just quickly run through the the, 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 um, the bullet points of what happened. Well, as as usual, I mean, I know this will, this will surprise a lot of people listening to this podcast, but our fan base massively blew everything out of proportion, which I know is a huge shock to everyone because they don't usually do that at all. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, look, it was, from from, from my perspective, seeing you know listening to it seeing it and and taking it all in afterwards there's 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 sort of there's understandings on both sides um i the the issue i had with the whole the whole event and and again for anyone didn't see it yeah he substituted the the, you know the fans there was a bit of an ironic jeer i believe when his name's read out pre-game then as he's being substituted um there was a sort of almost a rumble of thank god for that kind of going around the ground um we we've got a few people we know that were in the ground um five being one of them saying that the the booing and the um the, the the vitriol only really started when when he started egging it on 
and when he very slowly sauntered off the pitch. And I think I think what we're seeing with Jack at the moment is we're seeing his qualities as a footballer, but we're seeing his his um, his almost weakness as as a personality. And I don't mean that in like a bad sense, but I think I think the pressure has got to him. And here's where I'm torn because. Part of me sort of goes, do you know what? I get it. Like I do, you know, I think, I think we've all had days where, you know, we, we just want to scream and shout and, and let it all out. I'm quoting bloody Will I Am here, but I, I do, I do kind of get it. And and the whole gesture of the, the armband, the, the way I look at it is if that happens in a Premier League game where, uh, you know, a captain is substituted because just say, for example, um, a, a captain gets an injury um, and he's being forced off, done his hamstring takes his armband off, you know, flings it. I'm doing this on camera, you can't see this, but flings it in an underarm motion towards his his, his colleague. His colleague goes to catch it, you know, doesn't catch it, goes on the ground. Nobody says a thing. The, the problem you've got here is that he's, he when he's substituted, you can clearly see the body language, the shoulders slump, um, you know, he looks to the heavens. There's, there's clearly like a, an, an outward visual representation that he's not happy with, this, with the decision. Um, I don't think he played really badly, but he, you know, he didn't play fantastically. You know, it wasn't his best game, and he hasn't been great this season for for, for a while, really. Um, so there's your first issue with the armband. Then just your second issue with the, you know, um, fuck off to the fans, uh, quote unquote. Um, I saw a few people sort of saying actually he only says it, you know, to Emery. That's that's been proven. That's not the case. He clearly says it twice. Um, and and I do get it. The, the bit I have the issue with is that people saying that that he was abused I, th- I think is wrong um yes if you're saying did did some of the fans tell him to fuck off and all this are some of the fans a little bit um a little bit precious you know a little bit well i'll scream abuse at you but how dare you scream abuse at me that's a little bit holier than thou but i think when you're a professional footballer you you can't you can't react like that is part of your job it's part of your profession to be professional um, and, and whilst you can remember the, the Wayne Rooney one in the World Cup um, screaming down the camera, you know, and, and he got a lot of abuse for that. There's there's passion with the UN, of course. And then there is there's and there's fire and then there's stupidity. And I just felt that he he crossed into that line. And, and I think the I think the, the bigger issue here is that he's he's not a, he's, he's not he might be the player's captain. And that's fine. You can have dressing room leaders, but he, he, he just isn't, he isn't what we, what we want as a captain. Um, and we've been here before William Gallas, you know, we have been here before um, and we've had some amazing captains in the past. And we've also had some, some pretty bad ones. Van Persie is another one that jumps to mind. I, I, the whole thing leaves me feeling a bit sour. Um, and, and I'm intrigued to, to know what Drew's thoughts are on, hit, on on this because obviously saw enough of him when he was captain of Gladbach and he is still captain of the Swiss side. You know, he, he has got leadership qualities, but I feel like we've, I feel like we've, we've gone beyond the point where this is going to end well for him. And I, I feel that he's taken a lot of this criticism personally, the Instagram stuff and all that. I completely understand why he's taken that personally. You can't condone that at all. But there's a difference between some fans basically saying you're shit and then you telling them to fuck off and then basically going radio silent when I think Josh made this point in our group. He could have just come out and said, you know what, you know, I didn't like the abuse. I reacted the wrong way and I'm sorry. But instead of that, 
you know, he's gone silent. The, the club have uh, said it, said their piece about him having support and whatnot. And we're all sat here going, that's the captain of our club. So what's your thoughts on it, Drew? What, what's your overall thoughts on, on the whole situation? Uh, I mean, I was muted, but I chuckled when he <laughs> sarcastically was talking about uh, overreacting. For me, I feel both parties overreacted. I think that's been spurned on by the feelings that both of them have now been that have been conveying for, for months on end. You know, you've got um, our fan base, as you say, kind of, we cross the line, let's be fair. Like, you know, even you can look back at something recent with a lot of the vitriol that Arsene Wenger suffered. You know, a lot of fans wanted him out. That's all well and good. That's your opinion. But to, to go the extra mile that our fans love to do, I think is the problem. Players aren't stupid. They see this every day. And even if you don't have events like that, you know, targeting them specifically, they still see it and they still make note of it. So a lot of players know that it's possible behavior that they then could be suffering of, could be a target of. Um, Certainly the way uh, Jacques has been treated on social media, I think that's where his frustration comes from. I think he made an assumption of how the fans were reacting. It was kind of a, a microcosm of how he's been treated previously off the pitch. I think that's why he's reacted the way he has. And also the fans, a lot of the fans are kind of getting tired of him. You don't want a lot of the fans keep saying, you see it on social media, that you know, he's not my captain. He was voted. He, I don't want him as captain, so I don't have to respect him as such. And they treat him a little bit differently. And that's their reaction. You know, they're getting fed up with the fact that he's been largely inconsistent, certainly this season, arguably last season. Um, I think things boil over. and I think cooler heads just didn't prevail. For me personally, though, I'm kind of with you. Um Again, in, in any profession, it doesn't, you don't have, it doesn't have to be about football. In any job, if I go to my job tomorrow and I suffer criticism from a parent, am I going to lash out against the parent? No, I'm going to get fired on the spot. You know, I have to maintain my level of composure, my level of professionalism, try to work through it. And if I want to vent later to, you know, to my director or, you know, if I'm having a conversation with like my brother or whatever it might be, I vent them. You know, don't vent at the target of the people who are targeting you. It just doesn't shine quite like quite nicely on you, and I feel like that's the issue, especially as your club captain. That's my issue with Jack. Is I feel like he handled his response incorrectly, kind of rise above the fact that our fans are always going to operate in this manner. Not all of them, obviously, but certain sections. And then again, going with the job. If you want to address it, address it later in your post-match comments. You know, address it later on if you want to send a letter to the fans. However, you want to handle it. But I think in that moment, I think he's handled it incorrectly, and I think that certainly. Um, like I said, that's five said. I think that you know kicked fans to another gear, and then it spiraled out of control, and then Arsenal fan base that we're all used to. I think that's kind of my thoughts about that. When you look back at his time at Gladbach, he's largely still highly appreciated at that club. The fans absolutely loved him, wished him nothing but the best. Left, still singing his praises. He's highly thought of and respected amongst the Swiss footballing community. Um, but what English fans aren't understanding is that it's a different fan culture in Germany. It's a different fan culture with Swiss football as well. Um, people also forget that fans own the controlling shares of football clubs in Germany. So fans have a right to voice their opinion when things are going wrong. It's not that he's not used to that. It's the manner in which fans voice displeasure in English footballing culture compared with German footballing culture is massively different. You know, um, I think people will cite the Mesut example as, you know, something that can be counteractive to my statement, but that's along different lines than just football criticisms. That's a little bit different. Um, in terms of Ganajaga, when he had poor performances, you know, he wasn't 
harassed on social media for months on end. His ill things weren't wished against whoever he was dating at the time. You know, he was his family wasn't attacked. It's, it's different. Fans voice their opinions differently depending on where you are. In Italy, fans have protests outside the training ground for five days. John will tell you that. When, things, when, when one bad result happens, they want to burn the training down to the ground. So everyone reacts differently, but overall, I, I do think the players just have to kind of get on with it. And it sucks to say that, but again, you're never going to go through life in your profession and not suffer criticism. A lot of the times it's going to be over the top. You still have to maintain a level that is respectful to yourself, to your colleagues, to your teammates, to the coaching staff, and to the club and the fans. And Again, it just sucks that fans take it to a level that a lot of times it shouldn't be, but you kind of just have to rise above it. And I think maybe he is struggling with that. I think a lot of players come to England and struggle, as depending on the club, with the way the fans respond. It's just not the same way when you live on the continent. Fans are just not everywhere, obviously, but it's just different. And I think that could be one of the main issues that I think he's had for the entirety of, our, of his Arsenal tenure. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if it's you know, three plus years of it now, it could easily just get onto your skin. And I think that's why he's overreacted, but I don't think he should have overreacted. So. No, no, I, I, I agree with that. I think everything you said is spot on there. I, Danny, I want to ask you, um, just sort of twisting it uh, sort of in a different direction in, in terms of looking at the manager's role in this. A lot of our fans have, have jumped on him for this and said, I've, I've seen a few people actually tweet and said that, that it's it's Suna Emery's fault because he set him up to fail. I find that a little bit a bit strong. I, I think that's um why would you self sabotage? It makes no sense to me. I think he meant well with this whole five captains thing. I think he um I think he wanted to I think he wanted to back the players and the and, and Jack is clearly a very positive influence of the dressing room. Um I guess my argument like said before to Drew there, my argument would be well you don't need to give him the armband for that. You just say you're the club captain. You deal with the fines. You deal with the training ground stuff. You know, and we'll we'll look at the. You know, the easiest way to spin it is we want a young captain, so we're going to go with Bellerin or Holding or you know we want somebody for the future. Um, Granite doesn't strike me as the sort of guy who would sulk just because he wasn't given an armband. Like he doesn't. So do you do you think do you do you think that it's part of the manager's fault why it's come to this or? Is it just the fact that, in the nicest possible way, the player doesn't fit the club? Like, he just doesn't. Doesn't mean he's not a good player, but he doesn't seem to fit what we're trying to do. Uh, I think he has had issues with with um, the fans on and off for a lot of the time. Him, Kolasinic, there have been players that the fans have gone, they haven't haven't warmed to. I think uh, um, that could be part of the problem. But he's been made captain. I don't agree with the captain, five captains thing. I think it should be a captain, vice captain, like it should be the other, like it used to be. You don't need to be made captain to act like a captain on the field. You should have 11 captains out there. For me, my captain would be a bomber young because everybody loves him and it might help him, well, his new contract to help him keep at the club. My vice captain would be Bellerin. And that, that's the easy way to go go around with it. But then you look, I'm just looking at his um, his stuff here. Three of the last five games, he's been subbed off by by, um, by Emery. 72nd minute against Villa, 69th minute Sheffield United, and 61st minute against Palace. Then you've got to look at the things surrounding why he came off. Well, we were 2-0 up and we gave away a two-goal lead. Ended up, it was 2-2. And then he's been taken off for Saka so that we could go and play five players up front or whatever formation it was going to do, which is going to leave us open even more in the centre of midfield. Now, I think one of the main problems with him is the fact that he isn't a, a DM. And although he's not been asked to play in the, the rock-solid 
um, DM role where you stay there and you cover those back two and you don't move. None of our players have been asked to do that. But when you've got him being the furthest back player and Emery still says to him, well, when they're playing it out from the back, we're going to give the ball to Guendouzi to come in and get the ball. You step to one side, Guendouzi will then get it and pass it around. Well, he's got to be thinking, well, you're taking so much of my game away. His game, from what I can see, and I'm no expert, is to break up play, is to go and get the ball off of people. So whoever's in the Torreya should be sitting in front of the back two, and then he will be the last man in the midfield to stop people running through. He gets the ball, he gives it to Xhaka. Xhaka's passing rates are really, really good. Some of the games this season, he's had 80%, 90% pass success rates. That's his job. So Torreya gives it to Xhaka. Xhaka then picks who he wants to give it to. Um, admittedly, Xhaka has done some absolutely god-awful balls at times during his Arsenal time, but majority of the time he's not. Majority of the time he does that job okay, but and then whoever he gives it to then creates the play and then hopefully go on and, and have an attack at goal. But you're asking Xhaka to do an uncomfortable job, and when there is no... Like I went in my midfield, I want a DM, I want a CM, and I want a creative player, which would be a Terea, Jacka, Ramsey. That would be the ideal thing, like it was last season when Terea got five man of the matches out of six games, I think it was. And when, then you have very defined roles. But at the moment, there is no defined role. Uh, Gwenduzi is all over the place. Like I say running around like a headless chicken. Gwenduzi is fantastic. I love him. But sometimes, I mean, running a headless chicken thing could be good. But sometimes he's doing too much. He's in every position. He gets left out of position. And then and Xhaka is having to go, well, not only am I being the last man of the midfield to, to break up the play, I'm now having to cover Guendouzi when he's playing left wing, right back or rush goalkeeper. And then I've got no one to build a partnership with. I, I was quite surprised. I've just looked. The player who's played more games than anyone else this season for us is Ceballos. He's played 15. The next one's played 13. And so that, that you want uh, you want to be able to build a relationship with the players in and around you and know your role. And, and I think that's what Emery's taken away from him. He's not allowing him to be the best that he can be. And he's having to do so much stuff and that's making him angry. And uh, when I saw the... Um, I missed the, the, the happening live. I listened to the show, our show, and then I watched Match of the Day. And as he's walking off, the only people I could see that are giving him grief as he's walking off along the halfway line is people down at the, the clock end, people standing up, waving their arms, being angry. But as he's going down the tunnel, a woman stands up and she's applauding him. There's other people applauding him. And I just think it's the whole, everything's all built up. And if you're a new dad, which he is... Well, they got a new kid. Life isn't going to be easy. Like Harry was saying today, that, that is really tough. You're not getting enough sleep. Life isn't like it was before. You've been given the captaincy when maybe you didn't. Your life would be easier if you weren't the captain. You're not being asked to play in your best position. I think all of these things, it doesn't excuse what has happened, but also it doesn't excuse what these arseholes have been doing on social media. That is completely out of order. But Drew brought up an interesting point. Imagine if he'd have been walking off and the fans would have gathered around him and demanded that he gives them their, his shirt back like happened in Italy recently. <laughs> I think the kind of things that happen all over the world, you've got it easy compared to, I mean, like in Germany, they're a lot more respectful. They're, they are like a giant community. The 51, I think it's 5149 thing it's called, unless you're, um, unless you're uh, Rassen Ball. Uh, so... And there's one other club, but we're not going to go into that. Uh, yeah, so I think it's just different different ways and different things from different countries. And I think he's seen the bad side of it. But Arsenal fans are shitty. We've always got a scapegoat. I saw the video again last night of when Abue was taken off and Sylvester came on. How can you do that to a player? I've never booed a player in my life. I shouted at Bergkamp once to sort his life out. He sorted his life out. He went on to be a legend. That's it. I, I once called um, um, Robbie Keane. Um, uh, a bit a big nose pikey. <laughs> oh no, it wasn't. It was it was uh, Matt Letizia called him a big nose pikey. 
<laughs> so that's, that's the level of abuse I go to. I don't believe in abusing players because they're out there trying to make me happy. And if I make them unhappy, they're not going to make me happy. I'm mm. at that. You did, you did. But, but all good points. Um, we should we should probably move on to last night, shouldn't we, really? Um, before we do, Drew, have you got anything you want to add to that before we move on? Because you're, you're very polite being on mute rather than shouting <laughs> at us. <laughs> no, I just, I mean, I think we touched on pretty much everything we probably really could. Um, I, I don't know. For me, I, I mean, Jaka came out with a statement today. And people are already complaining about that as well, saying, well, he didn't actually directly say the words, I'm sorry, so he could fuck off. It's like, well, what do you want? This is what I mean. It's like he's trying to squash the issue. He's apologized in his own way. He's trying to say, I love this club. I love playing for this club. I, I want us to support each other. Let's move on together and move past it. And everyone's still finding something to moan about. That's my issue. I just feel like the last four or five years with this fan base has been, it's always this it's just like people are trying to find something to complain about anything because they're not, if, if we're honest with ourselves, they're just not happy with the overall situation of the club. You know, we're not competing for the league at any point soon. We, we're not in champions league. You know, we've bottled chances to win Europa league. You know, a lot of people aren't happy with the manager. A lot of people aren't happy with some of the business we've done. Some of the players we've let go. It, everyone just wants to have that sort of unifying thing they want to complain about. And I think that's just, that's a lot of where the issues come from. And I think more people agree that they don't want Granit Xhaka at the club or at bare minimum, at least they don't want him as captain of the club. And I think that's kind of a unifying driving force in terms of a focal point to put some of that vitriol targeted at something. And it's just like, there's, there's no point. Like if he's, if he's, if he's tried to apologize in his own way, like this isn't third grade where you have to say, I'm sorry. And like, cause then you could say, Oh, well, he said he was sorry, but did he really mean it? It's just being sarcastic. Yeah. I don't buy it. You know what I mean? Then they'll find something else to complain about. So that's, for me, that drives me absolutely up the wall. Yeah. And there's just no point in just, he said his piece, say, all right, move, move past it. See how we can move on. And, you know, it's, next time he, before, next time he gets selected for the team, applaud him. Don't boo him. Like when the team sheet comes out, don't go to social media and say, how could Emery start him? Just get behind the players now, move past any of the issues we have enough issues as it's a club already. Stop creating other ones. Just just move on. It's simple. It's man shouts at cloud, isn't it? Like, yeah. It's, you know, it's like all oh, cloud that shouted it. I, I, it's, it'd be interesting to see how long he's um, left out for, because I think back to, um, <laughs> can make a show about this. What would Arsene do? But I think if this had happened under his tenure, he'd have had a mysterious injury for about a month now, wouldn't he? He'd have just been sort of quietly taken out the back and, and given some in fact probably under Arsene he'd have probably been given some time off when he when he was a dad he probably would have just been given that time off under quiet oh he's got a bit of a hamstring injury I think probably that's where Unai's gone wrong as well I think he's tried to play him through this bad form and has arguably played him into a worse position the only other thing I, the only other thing I was just going to quickly mention was um how how funny and, and how time out of the side can change people um, everybody loves Mustafi now. Have you noticed this? Everybody's, <laughs> everybody's yeah, because and, and do you know why? And this is probably where I think Shaka could learn a thing or two. Humility. Yeah, Mustafi is, is clearly now don't get it wrong, some of that interview he gave, I think it was the Schwiegel he gave the interview when he said, like, basically, you know, he was harassed by this journalist, you know, are you the third worst defender in the world? And, all that. and he, he basically just took it and went, Do you know what? You know. I've not been good enough and and I have made mistakes and I'm sorry about that. And, and, he, and he did the whole sorry about the clean sheet thing, didn't he, the tweet. And, and he, he's taken it the right way and, and he's clearly just a guy who 
is just trying to play football. He held his hands up for the goal last night and said, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that, that I didn't give the club the best start with my own goal, whatever. And it's like, do you know what? Fair play to him. You know, he's not the best footballer. We, we know he's, he, he's it's not worked out for him. But rather than sitting there and going, well, boo-hoo me, he's, he's kind of just got on with it. I'm not saying, before anyone says anything, I'm not saying that that justifies the, the social media and all that. But, you know, I mean, that, for me... No, for, for me, if I'm in charge of Arsenal Football Club, the very first thing I do when I come in is I ban all social media. Simple. You just get every player and you say, no, if you want to if you want to have a marketing account for your Adidas stuff and your Nike stuff, that's fine. You know, basically the only thing that your your um, Twitter account tweets is new boots or whatever. Fine. No problem. That's your sponsorship. That's you. But you do not run your own social media. Um, you know, you, you do not go on Twitter what you don't do is go to um, a profile like Tro- what Troops, Troops did. Troops seems to have changed his tune lately and he seems to be a little bit um, more thinking about what he does, but he just did a thing of him giving the bird of his stadium to the back, back to the stadium and Aubameyang's account liked it. Now, whether that was Aubameyang a lot, we don't know. And then later, um, Lacazette did one as well. The, th- the, thing, the thing with those guys, though, is, and we've done this to death, we don't need to go over it, you know, over and over again, but the thing with those guys, you know, with, with troops and, and, and with, uh, you know, the, the guy who, who's, we shan't, whose name we shan't speak of. Yeah, um, and, and to be fair, and I even, you know, Robbie, Robbie's a nice enough bloke. They're, they are, they're making yeah, money, bloke. you know, they're making money. Do I agree with how they make money? Do I agree with the way that they present themselves as this, oh, we're the voice for the fans, you know, we're here, we're here to get the reactions. No, you're not. You're there to make money. Let's not bullshit the fans. Let's not sit there and say, oh, you know, we're, we're here as a fan channel and we just want the best for the club. Bullshit. You hounded out, or helped to hound out the previous manager. You're now trying to hound, hound out the current manager. You've been caught on camera basically admitting that you structure shows to make money and, and a lot of you are full of shit. But at the same time, I can kind of grudgingly respect the fact that you are making money by marketing yourself very, very well. And, you know, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is a grown adult. If he wants to be friends with, you know, the personality formerly known as Troops, because it's it's clearly not his his actual personality, you know, they might be mates. They might go for beers every Thursday night and and a curry with Delboy. We don't know that. You know, so if that's their friends and if and if Alex Lacazette gets on with that's up to them. They're grown adults. But don't then go on social media and give all this, oh yeah, you know, we're you know, we're all behind the fans, we're the voice for the fans. Oh, you can fuck off blood. Sorry, mate, like you don't speak for the majority. You you just don't. You speak for hits and clicks, you know, and, and you make money off it. And you know what? An age range. Yeah. Don't don't I think too many people get sucked up into that that sort of sphere of thinking, oh, well, because social media is talking about it, that's the view of everybody. And I, I think that's where we go wrong, like Drew said. Too many people read into what too many people... I said to JC the day, sheep, you know, too many well, sheep. It's the mob mentality. But you look, it's, uh, I feel for, for um, people who write, like John Cross and all these other people, it's not the quality of what you're writing. Although John Cross and all these people are, are top fine quality, not saying anything bad about that, but it is the quantity. It's how what you can say in a title. Sometimes they don't even make up their own titles, I've, I've been told. That, but it's it's how many people you can get saying stuff so they can come to their websites, they can get clicks, and then they can get the advertisers. It's not just people like um, like Robbie and his podcast, which are all fine people. And I suppose outside of that, like I follow a few of them, and I'm good. I'm, I'm friends with uh, with with um, the judge, and I follow Claude, and we have a little chat every now and then. 
they're all very nice people but it's that it's that whole thing of out, outrage culture what can i say to get views and whether you're doing it whether we put um, emery out that's it as the title of this podcast or whether you've got the next level up or the, the top level when it comes to podcasts where it's with robbie and his lot or where you've got the the, uh, the red top newspapers or whether you've got the guardian and the, and the times and stuff like that it's all around getting people to come and look at what you're saying whether it be whether it be pointless or whether it be whimsical or anything like that the whole thing is generated online for you to come uh, just to see advertisers that's that's all it is whereas in the old days oh, oh, i'm going on about the old days again uh, if what would they what would all of these people have done i was saying to you chris before the show started in the 2003-04 season they would have had nothing to write about what would have happened then and that, that's why that's what I look back at. Or if I look back at the days of uh, the George Graham days, if you'd have, if you'd have um, uh, only said the C word, then if you'd have um, been horrible to a player like that, the player would probably come over and lump you like like Cantona did. Well, the, right, that was highlighted, wasn't it? You know, yeah. right, serial abuse out the window at Highbury. It's a different era. Um, imagine just just sidebar. Imagine if George did what he did then now. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> or Tony Adams, if they'd have done, if they'd have had the issues they had now, Christ on a bike. Um, should we talk football? Because I, I feel like we should. We should. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you a question about that. It is. Um, oh okay. yeah, going from a uh, for one pariah to another ex pariah. <laughs> I'm only an ex pariah. Half a denari. That's wasted unless you've seen the life of Brian. Um, Meza Erzul. Now, I've been moaning about Erzul because it is like watching the world's best juggler struggling to juggle with one ball. And he is, he's the great, he's, he's the most talented player at the club. He, you've seen some of the stuff he pulled off last night. Now, he did that for, for what, 60 minutes last night? I had a bloke tweet me and say, Erzul's still shit, is he? don't get me started. Don't get me started. There's a, there's a few people, um, you know who you are. Dan, I'm looking at you, Dan, uh, who, uh, who who tweeted a few things saying, you know, the the high press as a result, um, as all scores, you know, as all gets this is all. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna very gently just just bat this one uh, to Drew because um, good, I've got my views, um, but yeah, I've got my views, but I, I'm genuinely interested to know because mm-hmm. I think all three of us love the guy and talent, not yeah. absolutely no issue. Uh, I want to know what what you made of that performance, Drew. Because um, and one quick thing, I'll just I'll just shoehorn in before I I let you go on that one. The people that uh, that gave Emery criticism, um, you know, criticise certain things about him. That's fine, but to say the substitution was bad, blah blah blah. It was clearly, I think, the press conference. He he said it was clearly stated to the player and the manager that it was agreement he'd pay sixty minutes because he's likely to be in the squad on Saturday. So anyone that's saying gender well yeah i mean that would be interesting now but anyone saying oh you know it's the agenda and he costs us the game blah 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 come on rein it in um but yeah a mental game drew absolutely crackers i mean five or I, I mean i thought there'd be goals not that many but before we sort of go into the game itself what, what did you think was that Mazat sort of just gently reminding the manager that when he's right and he's at it he is he's still got it i think so and i don't think I don't think anyone seriously thought that he doesn't have it anymore. I think, again, this is this goes for what we were just talking about, about outrage culture, where people don't analyze players anymore with logic and sensibility. It's very black and white, forgetting the 99% gray area that exists. I think for me, uh, as Danny just pointed out, Mesut Ozil is 100% still the most gifted footballer at the club. I don't think anyone in their right mind could really suggest otherwise. 
I think most fans who take issue with him is the fact that, and even I can say this in a minute, that he has not been that consistent player that you need. And I think the issue compounds itself with a lot of the fans when they look at it and say, he's supposed to be our marquee player, but he's being painfully inconsistent at times. And we're then paying him this amount of money. Personally, people, for me, people have to understand that money is an issue where players are paid what they're worth. As Ozil gets paid that much money because he makes the club money, but also he is a superstar in terms of his profile in world football. So he commands that much money. I think that's where it begins and ends. Um, fans wouldn't argue if Obama Yang was making 300K a week, he's scoring goals. They wouldn't argue with it, but he's not at that level because when you, when you look at it over the course of his, I guess when you compare things, Mesut Ozil is players don't get paid money just based off of footballing anymore. It's about social media. It's about the fans that pull in. It's about sponsorship and naming rights. There's all these other things that go into why players are paid what they're paid, which is why Messi and Ronaldo get paid what they're paid. And players of that ilk get that much money. It's, it's that way in any sport. You see the same thing in you know the NBA and in American football and, and baseball. Players command money based off of things that aren't just sporting anymore. So when fans complain about his wages, that sort of gets me a little bit riled up. I think that's a poor argument. You can argue 100% about what he's producing on the pitch relative to how good of a player he actually is and does it help us or not. And I'm of the opinion where, because as Chris is, and Danny, as you guys know, and Chris knows as well, because I, I, I coach and Chris, you coach, and no matter how good a player is, if they don't earn, continuously earn their place in 11, you're not going to play them. It doesn't matter how good they are, because then it shows that if players are just good enough, because they're playing just because they're a good player, you still have to earn your place. If you're not performing in terms of your form, if you're not really doing what's required of you in training, then you shouldn't be playing. So for all we know, Mesut could have been struggling in those areas. We do know for a fact that he was struggling on the pitch. We don't know about training. I don't attend training. You guys don't attend training, so we can't really speak to that. But in terms of what he's done on the pitch, he hasn't lived up to the kind of player that we've seen him be for the entirety of his career up to, say, two years ago, for, for, for better or worse. So I do think he has something to prove. I thought Last night was a good time to prove it. You know, people are, are arguing and saying, oh, you, he played against Liverpool's B team. But when you look at it, Liverpool's midfield cost 140 million pounds. You know, so he still had to combat against, you know, James Milner, you know, Adam Milano was in there, Ox was in there, Nabi Keita started. Like, they're very good players in that 11, especially centrally. And he still had to perform against them. And you, yeah, obviously, you, you know, he went with a young back four, Klopp did. And, you know, Joe Gomez was a senior defender in that team. So that sort of tells you all you need to know. Seth Vandenberg is a very good young player, but he's only a Dutch under 19 international, so he's still not there yet. He's very good. He's going to be very good, but he's not there yet. And it showed because he made some errors yesterday. But he still had to perform because all those young kids, because Klopp gives chances to youth, they're on the clock as well because they have to prove to him he needs to be they need to be kept in the fold for the first team moving forward. So it's not like they were just there to go through the motions. They had something to prove to their manager, Mr. Ozil, something to prove to Unai Emery. And I think he delivered. Every positive move we had yesterday, Mesut Ozil was highly involved. You know, he got a lovely assist to, to Maitland Niles as well. And I think it showed because once he came off, we stopped creating. So yesterday was a microcosm of when Ozil is on, he does, in fact, make us better. That's You can't argue against that. The issue is, for most fans, myself included, is that he's not there every single match. He does not perform to the level that he is capable every time he plays. And I think that is where the argument should begin and end. 
if he's going to be consistent, he should consistently play. If he's not going to be consistent, he can't consistently play. You have schools of thought that, you know, you can play a player into form and try to force issue. Sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes taking a player out of the firing line works and sometimes it doesn't work. Every player is different. And this is where we can come on to another debate about Emery, whether we have it today or not. It's different, but Emery has been criticized almost at every single club he's managed for being poor at man management. So the fact that we now have exacerbated issues with individual players, you know, uh, as Ozil, Granajaga, Mustafi maybe, and, and a couple others, it's, this just isn't his forte. And I think that also exacerbates the problem. I think this could have been managed easier under a different manager. And I'm not saying that this is like a reason to fire Amy exam. So I'm, I'm not trying to have that debate. But it doesn't make the issue any easier. In fact, it makes it more difficult, especially when, it, when you're dealing with big personalities, big egos, you know, um, big reputations in, in the game. Mezzo is a player that should be playing every week for us because that's how good he is. That's the kind of player he is. He, he, he does make us better. But, you know, if he's going to perform every match like he did yesterday, then he should be playing. And if he's not, then he shouldn't be playing regularly. And I think that's kind of where, that's kind of where it is for me. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree with pretty much every word of that. I think um, he's a... Uh... I think the luxury player tag is a bit harsh, but he's a player that he, he's a, what I'd call a porridge player. When everything's just right, he's fine. When everything's not quite right, then then there's things that are off. What he did show last night was that he can he can make the difference. And and you know, I hold my hands up and say, for a while now, I've I've just thought I've just kind of given up a bit. I've just thought, look, it's just not going to work. And the point you made about Emery there is is spot on. And again. Maybe we only see it because we're following the club that we follow, but this happens all the time. You know, look at uh, Marino with Matter when he was at Chelsea. Um, who was the uh, who's the who's the player that Man um, when Guardiola came into Man City bombs on the out? I can't think who it was now. Yeah. But so, well, yeah, there's a good example. Some players just don't fancy certain. Some managers just don't fancy certain players, and like Drew said, you know. You, you don't know what happens in training. Everything we're led to believe suggests that that he he wasn't quite right. He wasn't quite there, and he wasn't quite at it. And whether the the whole post, you know, the Twitter post was was levelled at Emery or not. I mean, you know, that was clever PR, whatever way you look at it, because it got people talking and it got people on his side. And it's clearly worked because the fans are, you know, clearly hundred percent behind. And again, again, it just it makes me chuckle because our fans are so. Not, not. I can't label our fans. Uh, some of our fans are just so sheep. They're just such sheep, you know. It's like Meza isn't playing well, and he's left out. And everyone's saying, "Oh, you know, he's done. He, do, he doesn't care. He's not interested. Get him out the side. He's useless." And then again, it's that it's that adage: the longer someone doesn't play, the more valuable suddenly they become. And it's like it, it's just it's just so strange how these things, how certain people just follow trends. If we get like Drew said, if we get the mess that we got last night, you know, albeit, you know, in a, in a lesser competition, without as much pressure, to be fair, but again, you know, against a decent midfield, if we get that, and, and that assist was fantastic. Like, that's that's what we know he can do. Um, the only other argument I would say is you can fit him into that team when there's only Martinelli up front. How do you fit Pepe, Ozil, Lacazette, the Bamiyang without being horribly overexposed at the other end? But... That aside, what did you make of the game, Danny? I mean, it was um, it was a bit bonkers, wasn't it? Do you do you come out of it like I do, going well? There was plenty of positives, and all this 
talk of, well, we're boring, we haven't got an identity and we don't play good football. I mean, that was blown away. We, but we just also didn't defend very well. I thought Rob Holding looked really rusty. Kolasinac was poor, to be polite. Um, we were, I, th- I thought Hector did quite well, to be fair, but, but we were we were exposed on, on those flanks a few times. And then there was just some fantastic goals, simple as that, like whatever way you look at it. Do you, do you sort of, are you that bothered that they're out of the competition or do you look at it more and go, well, actually, you know, we, we performed pretty well. We got game time for a few more players and we put in a good performance and, and surely that's got to be the positive. Or do you think actually we got, we didn't go through? Sure, do that. Bought this the other day. Oh, okay. in English. You're, you're, you're putting yourself out there, aren't you? <laughs> Jesus. Um, you're, you're one of the cult. <laughs> my main thought about the game was how easy Ozil made all that look. He's played two games all season. He he's no, there's virtually no ring rust around him. He ran around as he did, plods around, but he still does it magnificently. And it wasn't just that first um, that um, that one where he, he he calmly went, "You run over there, me old fruit." This ball that's almost out, I'm going to use the, my powers like Doctor Strange. I'm going to make the ball stay in. I'm going to put it back to you and you tap it in. Not just that one. In the other and down the other end of the pitch, in the other half, um, one of the players was he was on the right hand side of the edge of the box in the touchline, um, and then uh, he got the ball. And then one of the players gave it back to him, and then he gave it to him, and then they gave it back to him, and he just can't. They, you know, he gave it to that first player. I think he did a sideways back heel. The ounce, the the back heel of his right foot kicked it leftwards. I thought that's pretty good. And then he moved backwards to the edge of the corner of the box, and then he just went here, whoosh, sunshine, lofted ball about an inch off the floor, if that. And then he, he put it in. And you think you did all that effort, effort, effortlessly. God, if I could say that word effortlessly yeah. again. But you have that just shows why I get so annoyed with Urzel that he has all this skill. And if everybody in that team was a level five. Then you put Ozil in your team, immediately everybody in that team becomes a level six or level seven with confidence because you know that he can just play with a blindfold on and he can do it all. And that's why I get so annoyed. But like Elliot said on with Harry today, Ozil isn't worth 350 grand a week. Almost no one's worth 350 grand a week. So don't worry about it. And like Drew was saying, when we renewed his contract from 180, I think it was, to 350, 350, we bought got all of his image rights and the club are making all that money back from his image rights, because he is a global superstar, be it because he played for Real Madrid or because he's a religious icon in the world of football. And that, as we've seen, can make you an absolute fortune even when you're not playing. So I think that annoys me most is that he doesn't play regularly. But I was thinking the way you work your way up to the first team, you play for the under-18s, you play for the under-23s, then you play for the reserves, then you play for the League Cup, then maybe the Europa League, then the Premier League. Well, how's Ozil going to get back to it? Because he can't go and play for the under-23s. There's no pattern for him to get his way back. And now he's playing, he's not even playing in the Europa League, he's playing in the League Cup games. And if you're playing him a League Cup game, you're only playing for an hour, then you sure as hell better start him at the weekend or give him some time at the weekend. Because if he'd have stayed on, when we're, when we're drawing the game and you need to get a goal and you take it, when it's, I think it was 4-4 or 3-3, we're drawing the game. We need a goal. I know what. I'll take off the most creative player, one of the, in, in, one of the best in the world. He's having a really good game. Not world-class game, but he's having a good 7 or 8 out of 10 game at, at points, maybe a 9. You take him off and you bring on a defender. And you go, well, why are you doing that? We need a goal. And then later on in the game, oh, well, we're now winning. Well, so what we're going to do is we need to defend this lead by taking off the defensive midfielder and putting on putting on Sabios, who had a mare of a game. Uh, and you're thinking, 
why why are you doing all this lot but the main thing for me last night is i could see there was i made about 30 quid in bets i don't don't bet people i only do it because i can afford to lose all one or two pound bets i didn't realize that cash out doesn't last for 90 minutes does it i had i had um i think uh, one pound on us to win six four at five four and i was about to cash out for about 11 or 12 pound and it disappeared i thought where's it gone <laughs> that's a good eye at betting so i lost that one so but the <clears throat> I thought the, the lineup was interesting that like like drew was saying they had nabby kato if you watch bundesliga in the last couple of years he was absolute magnificent player and it really hasn't worked for him at liverpool i don't know why drew might say that later on when he comes to him but it, that midfield was packed full of really great players you've got la 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 <laughs> Still remember that time that you sent me that WhatsApp message and you just did some bloke on radio by going, Lilana! <laughs> that was hilarious. Dogs could hear if they tilt their head sideways, yeah. But I think the only reason we managed to score five goals is because their goalkeeper was 11 years old and four for eight. He made you look like a giant. So <laughs> much was right with that game last night. So much was wrong. I think the reason why we all smile when we think about that game because it doesn't matter. But no. then I, I've made I did this this tweet last night and if I can get my mouse to wake up and I put um oh scroll up a little bit where is it uh, um, we were two one up three one up three two up four two up four three up five four up and we still bloody lost <laughs> it's just the whole thing was just holding is fit but he's not match fit and he was in pieces and two of the goals that we conceded one was a was a, a penalty given away by our striker i mean what the hell is martinelli doing tackling well, the box it was a it was a horrible dive from that chav kid that well, he did that makes the most I mean, of it though you knew he was going to get it because as soon as the player goes over like that they're always going to get that but it was a dive wasn't it? but then our first goal is probably offside so and Mustafi's own goal. It's just that is just a fantastic game. That's I'm going to go and download that. I'm going to save it. I'm going to watch it back, and I'll still watch that ten times. Uh, booing of the ox. If you boo the ox, you're an asshole. That bloke didn't want to leave Arsenal. He played up until the day we sold him, and he, he's a young Englishman. He him along with like, with Walcott and Iwobi were the three players that I, that I really like the most because they're just. They're just magnificent to watch, and when they when they do it right, and he scored the, almost a replica goal that he scored for us against Monaco in one of our last Champions League games that we ever played before football died. Uh, it's just so much about the game was right and so much was wrong. So just the high, I'm just picking out the highlights. I loved it. It was brilliant. It was just so much fun, and you just thought, hold on, we've got five minutes of injury time, extra time, whatever it was, and Divock Origi comes in there and does what you knew he was going to do if you take mm -hmm. off our defensive players. Terraya would have been all over him. And he, he would, he would have probably would have stopped him. Try could have dropped back and played, maybe even play further deeper. But he took him off. And Sobias is not going to do much defending, is he? I think that this that was the final straw with me with the with the Emery thing. I don't believe in getting rid of the manager. I said he ain't going to leave to the end of the season, but that was just so many mistakes, one after another, after another, and the whole thing. It just shows it's not ever going to get better. So. Yeah. Well, that's that was that leads me on to my my, my next question. Then, I mean, we, we could sit here and talk about the game forever, but again, cheap plug. Um, go and watch the uh, the live show with uh, Ellis, Josh, and Carl, Grace. wasn't it? And oh, Josh Josh popped in at the one. end. Well, popped yes. in because um, Ellis's Wi-Fi was knackered. Oh, okay, yeah. So go and check that out. That's available on our YouTube page or the usual spaces. Um, but yeah, Joe, uh, what's what's your kind of overall? You've touched on it earlier on. You know, we, we don't want to get into a clickbait part of you know in or out sort of malarkey but you're 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 very much um just judging by what what you said you know in your tweets and and, and just general feel i get the impression you're very much you wouldn't mind seeing a change doesn't mean you're sort of hounding managers out and all that jazz but 
you would like to see a change. What's um, we're, we're fifth in the league. You know, we're, we're still in the Europa League, um, albeit, you know, we had to do something quite dramatic to win the last game. Um, yes, we're at the Carabao Cup, but, you know, who cares? We're, we're, we're kind of on target where we need to be. Quite strange thing I would look at the other day, we've lost two games this season. And when you consider one of those Liverpool, you know, you can go, OK, fair enough. What is it that you're, what's the issue you're having? Is is it this 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 big thing everybody's on about at the moment, a style of football? Is it the way that the players are being managed as a whole? Is it this this thing about us potentially going backwards? Or is it a bit of everything for you? <laughs> I think it's uh I think it's a bit of everything. Which again with shades of great, but for me I think the biggest issue and you can speak to more about uh, uh the the frat side of it than I can, but for me I think Emery just isn't suited to managing clubs that have higher expectations than a club like Sevilla had. I think that was the perfect scenario for him. He was never going to beat out Barca, Real Madrid, or Atleti you know, for the league title. It was always going to be Sevilla was aiming to be the best of the rest from fourth down, try to compete in Europa League. If you could squeak into Champions League, then so be it. But that was kind of, and he, and he, he thrived at that up until his last season where his bigger issues started to really come to the fore and the relationship with Manchi kind of broke down a little bit, it seems like. Um, it wasn't really the same. Uh, for And then I think you saw that replicated um, at PSG. Um, obviously, he won trophies there. Um, <laughs> I don't say anything what I'm about to say to ever be offensive in any way, but I, it's, it's way easier to keep winning trophies when you play poor football with PSG in France than you could do at another club in a league where maybe you could argue it's at least at that period. I know the league has improved in the last couple of years, but when he was there, it was still very much, it was PSG than everybody else. So the bare minimum expectation, much like how it used to be at Bayern was the minimum expectation was win the league. When you look at Derek's squad compared to the rest of the league, that was the, the bare minimum requirement. So did he really, he never overachieved the PSG. He did just what was required, but then you saw the little microcosm things where it was the red flags, you know, the the that poor second leg performance against Barca where the wheels fell off every single bus in the parking lot. You see when they got beat out by Monaco for the league title, and I forget which if it was his first or second year in charge, probably a second year, I think, if I remember right, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Things didn't go well for him at, at Spartak Moscow. Um, you know, things didn't go well for him to be at the tail end. And I just feel like if Emery was in Marco Silva's shoes and at Everton, I think that would be a much better fit for him. Where it's again, it's just about trying to be the best possible club past the, the, the top echelon in the league. I think that suits him because I think the way he truly wants to play, I think it suits that level. I think when you're, and you can look at this across the, the entirety of of the, of the best leagues in Europe. When you when you're at clubs that have expectations and they have pedigree and they have gifted footballers who are more than just you know blue collar grafters you had those expectations of how you need to be playing as well that's why managers don't last at other clubs even like Bayern fires managers despite winning the league because they don't fit what Bayern wants from a manager what they want for their football and culture at the club you know Ajax same thing Barcelona Real Madrid same thing you know that's just kind of how it is and I think I don't ever think this club was ever going to to transition almost kind of back into a club where I don't know grit and determination was kind of almost at the forefront. I think every footballer should have that, but 
I think how Arsenal was constructed and I guess improved upon under Arsene Wenger, I think that's what the club is capable of. And I think that's the direction the club should go. And I think there's enough managers in world football now, particularly the younger generation coming up, where that's the way they think. You know, if you look at the younger managers in Spain, um, a lot of the younger managers in Bundesliga, obviously everyone name drops Nagelsmann because he's always in the forefront of the headlines, but people forget how how brilliant Florian Kohfeldt is. And he's very much the same as Julian Nagelsmann. And he also has the same managerial education. You know, he has the same principles. Uh, people name drop Eric Ten Hag at Ajax. It's kind of that same thing where you can't expect players of the ability that our squad actually has to play football the way, say, like Wolves play. Who Wolves doesn't have bad players, but they have players that fit a particular mold. Our players just don't fit, for me, what Uday Emery, I think, what he wants to do at the core of what his footballing philosophies are. I think he tries to talk a big game, but I think when you look at the product on the pitch, wherever he's gone, I don't think what he the words that he speaks and what he tries to do tangibly match. I think the tangible evidence is what you should be looking at. I don't think that evidence fits us. I think we just need someone who, again, I, I'm not saying firing Arsene Wenger was poor. I think he had to go, but a manager who is more similar to Wenger, I think is required. I don't think Emery is even remotely close to that. And I just think Emery could be a fine manager, but, just like players that work at clubs, managers just sometimes don't work at clubs. And I just think it's, I think it's just the wrong fit. I think that's kind of where it begins and ends. I'm not saying he shouldn't ever have another job or never try to go to another good club. I just don't think what we need, when you look at our squad and look at the way we need to handle the youth sector, you know, how to compete in the Premier League, you cannot go and be truly competitive in the Premier League, trying to operate like a club who just wants to be the best of the rest. That's what you're going to get. And that's what we've gotten. And you see it when he's so timid away from home where you go to places, you go to places like, I don't know, Newcastle. And, and it's almost like you're afraid to play your football. Like that is the mentality that should never be in existence at, at Arsenal or any big club. I, people wouldn't stand for it. And when you look at all the bigger clubs around, around Europe, they wouldn't, they, I don't know, just, they wouldn't be happy with it. So why should we be happy with it? You know? So that's kind of, I don't think he should be fired tomorrow. I think looking at uh, Josh Kroenke and how he's handled uh, and how Stan has handled a lot of their, their American franchises, they don't want instability mid-season. I don't think uh, Rolo wants it either. I, I doubt it. So if he is going to go, I think they'll give him the rest of the year. And I think they'll do their due diligence for the rest of our season to try to find the correct replacement. I don't think he's about to be sacked during Christmas. You know, I don't think it's, I don't think we have heard ourselves through that. Um, and I don't necessarily want him to go tomorrow, but I do think we shouldn't go into year three with Unai. I think we do need to move on, but I think he also kind of almost deserves the rest of the season to maybe try to write the ship and see if he can actually prove himself. And it's sort of what we do and, and how, and what he does gives us the answer. If we've gotten, if we've not gotten any better come May, then why should we keep him? If we have, then maybe you say we give him another season. But from where I stand currently, I think he does. I think, I do think we have to move on after the season. Now. Yeah. Now I think, I think you make some, some really good points there and uh, I'll, I'll throw my five pence in. Cause I know um, I sort of uh, teased this slightly earlier on, but I, I just wanted to, to sort of put my 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 ten p's worth into the conversation because I think a lot of people, a lot of people have got very very short memories. Um, that it was 
it was around about this time last year where our, our supporters and our, our fan base were, were chanting, we've got our Arsenal back. Um, I don't know if anyone remembers that, but um, they were. And, um, and it was a fact and people were doing that. And I think people have got very short memories in terms of, of the fact that this manager has come in and replaced, you know, probably the greatest manager in the history of this club, whether you like him or you don't, it's just a fact. And, and it, things do take time. I do completely understand the people that, that say there is a, a disconnect in what he says and what he's producing. I, I do agree with that. And I think that was a bit of an issue in his time at PSG as well, in that what he wanted from that side was not necessarily what was actually being put out on the pitch or what he was saying he wanted. Um, I do think his communication skills are not the best, and it's not just a it's not just a, a language barrier. I think I think he I think he almost overthinks things. I think the the five captains things is a prime example of that. You know, you want your manager to just be decisive and and. And you know what? If they're decisive and they say, I'm going to do this and they live by that and it goes wrong, then fine. You say, do you know what? OK, you 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 stuck by your principles. You said what you were doing and that's it. I do get the feeling that at the moment he's almost trying to please too many people and he's trying to do things um, yeah, to suit too many players and, and too many systems rather than just sticking by really what, what he, he came to do. You know, the, the pressing game seems to have disappeared don't know whether that's a system change you know that he's meant that the formation has sort of gone back to where it was when he first came I do have issues with people who say we haven't progressed because I do think we have but maybe we've regressed in other areas and I think that the progression side is overlooked by the fact that we probably regressed in the style of football we're, we're producing now I've said for a while and I know you know I know Jason and John in particular don't necessarily agree with this one but I genuinely don't think people would moan if we won one nil or two nil every pretty much every week, um, or drew a few games and, and won a few more than we lost. I, I, I just don't think people would mention this footballing identity, this fable thing that everyone bangs on about. Now, I thought you made a really good point, Edra, about the the size of the club, and and that I do agree with. I do think that there is potentially an element that maybe this is just slightly too big a job for what Unai wants to do. And that's where I do agree with people who say maybe that the change could potentially be the right thing to do. Um, but again, people with short memories, this is why he was given a two-year contract with the option of a third. This is exactly the reason why the board gave him that. Now, there's a lot. Of, there's been a lot of talk about him saying, you know, some of the board wanted him to get a new contract uh, last year. Well, at the time, you could see why. You know, we did get to Europa League final. And we, yeah, we spectacularly shat the bed. But before that, we, we had that Champions League in our grasp and we shut the bed. So, yeah, two massive failings, 100%. And, and, and I think the coach would take that on board himself. But at that time, you can see why they would have offered him a new deal because we were right in there. Um, and who knows where we'll end up this season. And that's why I think this this talk of, you know, talk of people saying, oh, I'll just give it Freddie Lumber to the end of the season. I adore Freddie. You know, I... I, I I'd take him in my mouth now. I'd, I'd cry a little bit, but I would. Um, and, you know, he he's... I love him to bits. He's one of my favourite players of all time. I think he's a brilliant personality. I think he's... Uh, I think long-term, he he could well be um, the sort of what, what Barca did with Pep type of situation. You could see that happening. He's obviously a very clever, intelligent, um, articulate coach. But the idea that you just... 
get rid of a, a coach because you don't like his style, a coach that's currently sat fifth in the league and, and you know, well within the top four race and still in the European competition. Uh, to me, I just, I just, I think it's madness. And you see the same names bring up the same points over and over again. Oh, let's just get Allegri. Okay, yeah, let's get Allegri and let's be even more boring than you apparently think we are already. And you know, Allegri, what's he going to do with all the striking players we've got when he wants defensive, create, um, create defensive, um, tactical players? And, huh? and, what, and, and what, and what makes what makes people think that Max Allegri go? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I love great. it in Europa League. You know, uh, yeah, exactly. And and I love and your then, fans. <laughs> and then and then of course we've got the 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 latest craze, which is um to bring in Jose Mourinho, which is uh, utterly, you know, I mean, in fairness, only the people that literally are on psych wards. Uh, I'm joking, of course, I shouldn't knock that, but literally people that. in in straight jackets are the only people that are saying, "Oh, yeah, that'd be a really good idea." Um, as bad as the ones that say, oh, "Maybe we should get Brendan Rodgers." Yeah, like he's going to walk out of Leicester when they've got a magnificent team spirit, and, bought and, magnificent players in the thing in the uh, in the in the in the, in the summer, and, and playing brilliant doing, football. And he's doing a great job at Leicester. Yeah. There's no doubt. But again, Drew's point rings completely true. He's doing a great job. At a club of Leicester's level, and people say, "Yeah, but Leicester above us in the league. They won nine 0 Blah blah blah, blah. Exciting football. Blah, blah blah Yeah, because there's no pressure. They've they've won the league. You know, he's come in, and he's Leicester have had sort of they had Claude Puel, and they were all the, the lowest ebb. If Leicester lose six games on the trot, Leicester's fans are not going to turn around and go, "Well, that Brendan Rodgers, he's fucking shit." They're just going to go, "Okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll get back. We'll be all right." You know, it, they soon got him out when things were going yeah, wrong. Exactly. And it's the modern culture. Marcus Silva was a, a great example that Drew mentioned there. You know, some some managers are good fits, some aren't. And you, you have to you have to give things a life cycle. It, nobody I think I think we would have been incredibly lucky to have appointed the perfect coach straight after Arsenal. We, we there's no way we would have got it right. You know, Man City it doesn't happen through, either, does it? No, Man City went through Mark Hughes for Christ's sake. <laughs> Mark Hughes and Manuel Pellegrini. Everyone, everyone always forgets that Mark Hughes managed the I feel like they just it completely just boggles the mind. I think it's exactly, just sort of and and the and the same people that are saying that, uh, you know, the same people saying, "Oh, we should have gone for Pep." You know, you know Pep, Pep's worked his way into that job, and and has had and, and has done brilliantly. But they, they, it was a process to get them to that coach, um, and who'd have known? You know, for all. My my not issues. He doesn't give a shit what I think. But for all my doubts of of, of the style of, of football Pep plays, and that is not my cup of tea. But but he's successful and he's a winner. But he's come through that Barcelona system and he has succeeded. He wasn't universally popular at Bayern, by the way, was he? True. So not even well. It's, yes and no. <laughs> but that's yeah. a whole other debate. My yeah. my just to, to jump in my issue, and I have my issue with with a lot of our fan base, not just in terms of this discussion, but in terms of players we apparently should be signing or not signing. Our, our fans look at, they'll scour the internet and they'll look at teams that are playing attractive football and being successful and then automatically assume yeah. those managers fit Arsenal. Yeah. The newest craze, and John will love this, is Marco Rose. I'm like, that's great. Marco Rose in his first year is doing bits of Gladbach. Congratulations. However, you're not factoring in Maybe Gladbach are they have a team that fits what he needs to do. Maybe he has freedom to actually play a brand of football that suits him. You don't know how it works. This means if you if you uproot him from Gladbach and plug him into Arsenal, instantaneously we're fixed. That's not how managing football works at yeah. all. And I think you can look at there's so many examples where also things for all we know, they can go winless in the next ten matches. 
starting next week. We don't know that yet. So, Look so, at Hartle. I mean, uh, another prime example of a man who I would have not been sad at if he took over at Arsenal. But <laughs> just because it's not working for him at Saints doesn't mean his next port of call won't work for him. It's very hard, and I think people should really start to give more thought to this. It's very hard for managers to be successful year in, year out, long term, especially at multiple clubs, which really should make people understand that the jobs that both Arsene Wenger and Sir Alex Ferguson did for decades keeping clubs competitive, no matter what changes occurred, they don't get nearly enough credit for that. And I don't think many managers currently are cut out to actually be able to think. Pep said it himself, and I think Chris, to a certain degree, I know you don't like it, but you could probably agree with that, that, and you just brought it up, that managers have life cycles because eventually things will go stale. Managers have to be able to evolve, and if you don't, you'll lose your players, and then that's when things start to dip. Managers that are not open to... to the, the way the football works is that things are constantly evolving and progressing. If you don't do that, you're going to fall by the wayside. So a manager will look good now, but in three years, he might not look so good, whether he's at the same club or a different one. And you got to have, there's always that little mini refresh button where you have to tweak just a little bit enough, tweak your squad a little bit, tweak your tactics just a little bit, tweak your approach just a little bit, because if you don't, things will catch up with you and then you hit a wall. So I don't know. I mean, I take your points that I don't think. I don't think Unai's doing as bad a job as people set him out to say that he's doing, but I also don't think he is doing enough. I think it's a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I think I don't think he should just be let go tomorrow. And I, not for nothing, I think everyone in this fan base loves Freddie, but to, to suggest that Freddie's going to come in and we're going to go 25 unbeaten just because Freddie used to be an invincible and he loves the club and the youth love him, that's all great. But there's zero guarantees in that. It's also, so sure, isn't it? Yeah, that's the risky run, isn't it? Exactly, and 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 you could say that there's been a lot of successful stories where where managers have turned into successful managers after being on someone's staff as an assistant or an assistant's assistant. That's all well and true, but those are also very few and far between. A lot of the times, assistant coaches are just destined to be lifelong assistant coaches. Jumping from an assistant coach to a manager are two very different things. Mm-hmm. People don't also, yeah, people don't also. Freddie was an ambassador, wasn't he? Before he was even a coach, he was right. Just, and know. not for nothing, he didn't. He wasn't particularly great at Wolfsburg. So, as an assistant, so again, it's just. But that could also be maybe we just fit better than they did. You know, it's just there's so many factors that fans don't. You know that factor, and I'm still fighting the good fight to say why does Dave McConnell want to leave or be Leipzig for us? I'm still having this discussion on a daily basis, so I'm, I'm quite sure we'll be having this managerial talk for the rest of the season. So, yeah. you know, we'll see, but. I don't know. I don't, again, gray area that no one really pays attention to. I think more people just kind of need to have a discussion about. The biggest issue I have, and Danny, I'll bring you in to wrap this up before we go into questions. But the the biggest issue I have is, again, it comes back to this, this argument that you, you get shouted down on, on Twitter all the time when you do this, when you, when you say something or you try and put a positive spin on and yeah, you know, I, I play the game on Twitter. I, I like to go fishing every once in a while, but it is the same people that say the same things and people take some of this too, too personally, you know, like Unai is, is deliberately trying to sabotage their wonderful club and, and they talk. There are still Arsenal fans out there now that still think that we are, the Invincibles of 98, of 2000, you know, the, the double winners of 2002. Newsflash, everybody, we're not. You know, we are a Europa League club trying to get back in the Champions League. That's what we are. We, we are on par with other clubs in that bracket. We, we're not 
anywhere near the Liverpools and the Man Cities. And, uh, you know, I... Say again? Parts of our team are on yeah, par well, with players wise. Yeah, players wise. We properly, we could, we should yeah. be at the moment. I'd say probably third in the league. Yeah, and, but, but, this, but this is my argument. We're sat here on Halloween, everybody. Um, you know, it's the thirty first of October, uh, and I said this to Jace the night, and you know, Jace doesn't necessarily agree, and that and that's fine. But we we could win the next five or six out, out of seven, and people would still say, "Oh yeah, but." There's always a oh yeah, but because their agenda is concrete and their agenda is I want him out. That's it. It's my club. We're we're you know we're the Arsenal. We're great. We're fantastic. Yeah, we are. We're a magnificent club, but we're also full of shit houses as well. We've also got a lot of faults, and we've got a lot of very entitled, very spoiled fans who don't understand that before Arsene Wenger, um, you know, in in fourteen fifteen, uh, was it fourteen? Uh, sorry, ninety four, ninety five. Danny, you'll remember this. I think we finished fifteenth. You know, in the days we, we struggled to beat QPR at home. You know, we yeah. we were a fucking mess under Rioc. And and to even to, for people to sit there now and call Unai the Spanish Rioc, I just find I find really disrespectful and 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 very very sick, very one one minded, very very sort of agenda based. They've made their mind that that's it. He's shit. He's this. And and there's, there's people now, you, you only have to look through Twitter. There's people now that are saying, oh, well, he doesn't do this in training. He doesn't do that. How the fuck do you know? Like, how do you know this stuff? You know, and 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 if if we if we finish in those Champions League spots at the end of the season or if we win the Europa League, um, you know, people, don't get me wrong. People have made up their minds. A lot of people have made up their minds. I get that. But people will still... They will still have this this in inbred thing in the in the cells where they will refuse to give him any credit and say, "Well, yeah, but it's a team that won it." You know, like oh, Bamiyang saved his job. Bullshit. You know, players players have to work in a system. Players have to work with the manager. And these people saying, "Oh, he's lost the dressing room." Nobody knows that. You know, they just don't know that. And I, and I, I'm not I'm not saying that he's the right man for you know, the history of the club and he's going to be there forevermore. I'm not saying that. And and there are clear faults, 100%. There's certain things he's done that I've sat there and gone, you're not helping yourself there, mate. You know, you, you're really not helping yourself there. But if we go five or six games unbeaten or if we put in a few quality performances, people will, will soon forget. However, they'll. I still think they'll sit with their we want him out bracket, you know, um, placards because because that's, that's, that's the modern era. But... Quick question, quick question. So just real fast before we move to the questions, I wanted to ask both of you something. So if we lose to Wolves and Leicester, will your opinion slightly change? How will you personally handle that debate? Because the, the debate will only increase. I mean, certainly I think most people don't expect us to beat Leicester. I think we can beat Wolves, but you never know if we will or we won't. So if we go out and feel sort of the same sort of tactics on the day and, and then the same approach and, and we're not just getting the performances and the results. Will that change your mind? Or do you still think it's going to take you longer to really say, okay, well maybe he's not working out. And obviously there's no, there's no timeline on this because like I've more or less made my mind up. That doesn't mean it can't change. My mind could change. We could go 15 unbeaten and then my mind might change. Mm. Right. I think the issue is a lot of fans, once they make their mind up, that's it. And as you just said it, there's there's no compromise at that point. My mind's made up, that's it. I'm stubborn, forget it, he's done, no matter what happens. Yep. And I'm not willing to give him credit either. Right. But it also works in the reverse. Some people are so staunchly pro, like you have to support the manager, you have to support the manager, that they won't actually look 
critically and actually see the problems that exist. So mm -hmm. my question is, will your mind change from these next two league matches if they don't go well? Or are you going to be of the same opinion? I, I personally, um, briefly, I, I, I would be concerned, definitely. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not blind. And, and yeah, I do wind some people up. But <laughs> no, surely not. I know. <laughs> but, but I'm, I, you know, I, I, I'm fully aware that sometimes we, you know, we do look a bit stodgy. I'm fully aware, like, for me, that midfield should be Gunduzi and, and Torreira. It should be. End of story. Like, uh, for me, there is no, the debate is over. You know, the, the Xhaka thing doesn't work unless you play Xhaka in the right place, in the right system to suit his game, which we're not doing. Um, you know, we, we should be finding a way to work two centre-forwards into the team because we've got two of the best centre-forwards in Europe. And if we're playing one of them wide, we're losing something. There, there has to be a better way of setting up. Um, I, I would like to see us with the, with the two full-backs in place. But all that aside, to answer your question, if we don't, you know... If it, a lot of it depends because if, if we put in really good performances and we get screwed over like we did last weekend, because people forget that, you know, I, 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 I jokingly said to John, well, I don't count that as a loss because we won that game. We did. But, you know, <laughs> that doesn't disguise the fact we were tuning up and threw away a two goal lead, you know, yeah. so there are. But if something like that, like that happens, that's the only caveat. But no, if, if we lose to Wolves and we lose to Leicester, then, then yeah, questions have to be asked. Luckily, I'm not the one who has to ask those questions. I'm just a fan. <laughs> But no, my opinion, my opinion is always open to change. And, and I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting here tonight or any night and saying, you know, Unai is exactly, you know, exactly what I want. Everything he does is great. He's fantastic. Give him a new five-year deal. Um, I do think that, that questions need to be asked, like in any job. If you go into a job and you are not performing, you're set out with a clear guideline, you know, which clearly he's been given the, 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 the rhetoric. We need to be in the Champions League within two years. And I think, I think where the hierarchy went wrong was they bought into the fact we were, we were going to make it last year. They got so wrapped up in all the money we were going to get and all the sponsorship. And, and it was always like, well, we were in and then we spectacularly shut the bed in two separate competitions. They're now frantically after having to backpedal and go, Oh, actually. So if, if we, if we make it, then, then brilliant. But if, if those two games go against us and we start slipping down the table, then yeah, a hundred percent. My, my opinion will, I'm not going to sit here and start tweeting Emery out. Well, of course but, not. <laughs> but, but I would definitely be saying, you know, the, the lineups are key, and yeah. and, I, and I I would like to see, and this is a little bit um, contradictory to what I've said in recent times, but based upon what we saw Mezet provide or performing last night, I'd like to see Emery go. Do you know what? Actually, my issues with the player aside, he came in last night. He took his opportunity. Played well. I'll put him in that midfield on, on Saturday. And if he performs, he'll stay in that midfield. And that's what I'd like to see. Um, and if we get the result, then then great. But yeah, if, if we lose those games um, and the performances are what they were against Sheffield United and to a slightly lesser extent, Crystal Palace, then yeah, we, we've got to ask questions. And, and that's, that's fine. Asking questions and debating it rationally and putting forward points. Yeah, I'm all for that. It's it's the other that, that bugs me. But what do you think, Danny? I was trying to think of a decent analogy about this. If um, if Sean was making me a coffee and she kept using water from the cat bowl, sooner, sooner or later I'm going to go, you use the right stuff. You don't use the wrong. Well, I'm, you, you've put water from the cat food bowl and you put a handful of mud. Well, the mud looks like coffee. No, no, Sean, stop it. You make you do it properly with the tools you've got or you stop it. He needs to stop it. I don't care about the results as much as I care about going, 
Hold on. Why is Terea our furthest forward player, like he was at times last night? Why is Xhaka... Why are you making Xhaka your captain and bringing him off, substituting him off three times out of the last five Premier League games? These things you shouldn't be doing. So I'm not so much results-based. I'm... If you're not going to do it properly, then don't do not do it at all. How do you feel, Drew? I don't know how I feel about your analogy, but... <laughs> <laughs> I've been a fellow copy first. <laughs> but your overall points, man, I, I, get, I, think, I, I think I would agree overall. I feel like it's like the like the meat and bits of, of the overall issues. You look, again, you look, you're looking at the gray area. You're not looking at the definitive overall scenarios you're looking at. Under the surface, at the, under the hood, you're looking at the act, how the engine's actually working relative to what the performance of the car actually is. Both have to be tweaked to perfection for to get the optimum performance out, and we're clearly not getting our optimum performances out on the pitch, certainly consistently. So, I mean, I do agree with what you're saying, but I don't. I, I think that's been a criticism for a while now, and I think that's the other issue. Is I feel like the same issues that we were discussing last season that we're still discussing. For me, that's probably my biggest concern. Is that there are clearly things that just don't work, yet we're trying to force them to work. People had the same criticism about Arsene Wenger in the final years of his term that he kept doing things that just weren't working, and that should have cost him his job. Whether I agree with that or not is another story. It's another debate. But I think in terms of what you said, it's just, again, when you persist at using a number six as a, as a as trying to turn Torre into Ramsey, that, that sort of defies belief considering what Torre has done as a six at, at Sampdoria and Chris will know about that and how he played for Uruguay as the six. Yeah. So you, it's almost like the things that we're asking questions about are the things that have the easiest answers to, but there are also issues that persist that we've not even explored. As Chris just said, you know, for me, you have to, when you have players of a certain quality, they have to start. You have to start Aubameyang and you have to start Lacazette. You can't have one of them not play. The best way to get the best performance of your team is to play your best players and find a way to make it work. We clearly haven't found a way to make it work for all parties involved because Aubameyang can still get goals as a winger, but is he really? He's not the same player. He doesn't have the same effect on the pitch. He doesn't have the same threat involved. Lacazette on the flank is the same thing. I know he played flank at Lyon, and, and Chris can speak to that also, but he's still not the same Lacazette when he's playing as a traditional number nine. Mesut Ozil on the wing, played on the wing at Real Madrid, played on the wing for Germany, played on the wing at times for Vida Bremen, but that doesn't mean he was, that wasn't his best role. There's a reason why players have their best roles, and if you can't look at your team and confidently week in, week out, say these pieces fit in these slots to perfection, and we're going with this week in, week out consistently without a ton of change, you can't expect your team to play consistently and perform well. So Emery is almost give he, Emery is almost the one giving himself more questions to answer without answering the other ones first. And I think that's kind of where the issues are really persisting right now for us. So I would probably agree with both of you. I think, and I think Chris said it perfectly. If if we play well and lose, you, you can't be mad when you play well and you just lose. Like sometimes the, the cards won't fall in your favor, and it's kind of how it begins and ends. But if you if we put up an absolute stinger against Leicester, lose four 0 like the, you know, tap it against Wolves and lose one nothing and create nothing, then you kind of have to ask questions. But signs of progression can still exist when you're not getting results. If you're playing well but not getting results, that's still a positive. If you're not getting results and you're playing absolutely horrifically, then that's another answer on the other side of the spectrum. So I do think moving into December, we need to kind of have more direction. If we don't have direction come the Christmas period, I think. I think that's almost kind of 
for me, that's almost to the point where I'm going to start to be stubborn and say, if my mind can't change now because Emery's mind won't change on his end. So I don't really know how to handle it, but we'll see how it goes. It's key time as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. brought something up that I spent half hour trying to figure out last night. If you, uh, you only see this if you're on YouTube. Like Chris was saying, for me, you, the first two names on the team sheet has got to be Aubameyang and Lacazette. Now, that means playing them both up front in their best positions. So that formation I've put there, would that work? If uh, I'd have another arrow for Pepe and Ozil for coming in, no. in into the centre of midfield, mm. that, that's, that's not going to work, is it? Not for me. I think for me, if we play two up front, you have to either play a 4-3-1-2 or you have to go with three at the back and ask Tierney and Bellerin to be the width. But then what do you do with Nicolas Pepe? That's the other issue. If you that's go with, with that formation, we just spent that much money on a player who no longer fits what we want to do. Yeah. So That's the problem I'm having. Yeah. Four, tri- four triple two is the only other way I could see it working, which is similar yeah. to what you've got on screen, Danny. But Guzzi yeah. would have to play deeper, and you'd have to say to those two, "You are two holding midfielders. That is all you do. You, yeah. you, you win the ball and you give it to the two in front of you. That's it." Ironically, it'd have to be it'd have to be what RB Leipzig played in their first year in the Bundi in the Bundesliga, where Nabiketa played centrally. And then had what Emil Forsberg played on the left. You had Sabitzer on the right, and then you had Timo Werner and um, Paulson up front, and it worked brilliantly. But again, clearly defined roles. The center midfielders were defensive-minded players first only. They were only defensive shields. That's it. And it was more counterattack based and possession based, which is not what how Emery seems. He doesn't want to play that way. He seems when he wants to dominate possession, so that requires sacrifice on his end. I do agree with Chris. That could work, though. Four triple two could work, but I just don't think. I think it would scare teams as well. I think that's the one. The one thing that baffles me with managers in the modern era is that there's too many that um, are wedded to certain styles and, yeah. and systems. And and I hold my hand. I hold my hands up. I've been I've been doing it at, even at my level of <laughs> coaching. It's like I I love four two three one. That's what I stick with. But what I have learned in in recent weeks in this season is you can still play four two three one, but you can have variations of it. And you can say to the players, this is how we're sort of lined up on Sky, if you will. But you've got the freedom, the creative license to become other things. You can adapt and and mould. And, I, and I, I genuinely think if you had to up front, it would actually befuddle teams. We can't defend. Like, we just can't. So no. why not? The help they can get. Away. Yeah. I mean, but, when, but when you look at it, can Man City really defend? No. The, way, the way Man City defends is by pressing. That's their defense. Yeah. If you break that press, Man City usually is completely open to the counterattack. But they possess the ball well, and they press and try to regain possession as quickly as possible. Because if you break that press, you're going to score because their defense really is lackluster considering yeah. the size and scope of the club, what they've done recently. They don't defend well. That's why, that's why pressing exists. If you don't defend, well, get the ball back high up so you don't have to worry about trying to, to sit back deeper and, and, and work it out. So They played two central midfielders at centre-back, didn't they? <laughs> I, mean, I was going like, to say, yeah. although this isn't the Football Hipsters pod, which is you go and Google, you get some fine quality pods there. You look at Man City at the moment, they bought in Rodri to replace Fernandinho, and now they're playing Rodri and Fernandinho at centre-back. centre-back yeah. and, yeah. and John Stones... Very decent okay, player, so. and Laporte can't get a game. Well, Laporte didn't. Yeah. Eh? Laporte didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was back from injury in the last couple of games. No, no, no he no. was out injured. He's out for a while still. I oh, think. maybe Sotomendi is the, the other centre back. Sotomendi's there, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I was listening to the Transfer Market Pod, which is a really, really good podcast, and it sort their audio out. And I'm talking to Duncan about that at the moment. If he listens, he actually DM'd me and said, "What can we do?" And uh, 
Yeah, so when if you, if you imagine if Emery's doing that, imagine if Emery is playing Xhaka and Torreira as our centre backs. Right. <laughs> Don't give my ideas. Right, we've been. We could do this for hours, Chris. I've DM'd you the the list yes. of questions. I've got uh, them. I've got them. We're we're gonna I, we're gonna I do something. Read them. That's fine. We're gonna do something we never do. We're, we're gonna keep it short and sweet on questions. We're gonna go punchy through these. So. Um, I'm, well, you're asking them, so there won't be five-hour answers. <laughs> no, exactly. There's only a couple that I'm going to going to chirp in on. Yes, so, I'm first one, you. so yeah, first one is from actually. No, let's go with firstly. Hoppy says, "What should I have for tea?" Um, have what I had: a tin of mushroom soup and a tin of tuna, all mixed up and microwaved. It's lovely. And he said, "What should you have for tea?" Not not what should he? Well, I only eat once a day, so well, that's what I add. I, I say, treat yourself. Treat yourself, Hoppy. Take away. Some sort of takeaway, that's what I say. So, yeah, that's that one. Um, bum, 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 bum. Uh, Drew, BJ Dunham says, do you want to see Shaka in an Arsenal kit again? I think I know the answer, but... I mean, he's a, he's an Arsenal player, so yeah, I want him to play. I want him to perform. I'm trying to back the player, but... And I don't have... I don't take issue with the way he acted, necessarily. I think he could have handled it better, but I don't think he should be ostracized from the entire club's footballing community over it. So, no, if he... Works his way back into the team. I want to see him. I want to see him perform. If he doesn't perform well, then he shouldn't play. But I don't want him essentially removed from the team until he's sold. I think that's ridiculous and blatant overreaction to the issue. So, yeah. 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 Well said. I agree with that. Um, Danny Fraz, aka the Don Cat Superhero. That's an interesting name. Uh, who had the stronger starting 11 last night? It's an interesting question, that. I think you break it up into the four sections goalkeeper, us. Um, defense, probably us midfield, definitely them. And I don't think they had any forwards, did they? I mean, they had some promising players. Brewster was pretty good, so mm. I'd probably say forwards them. Yeah, I think Origi, you'd, you'd say on experience alone, is ahead of Martinelli. Although I love Martinelli a bit, but although Özil should heavily for and um, be on our side, but not when you've got people like Keita playing in there, who's a what forty million pound player, recent yeah. forty million pound player. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't stand his beard. Without, because I know we are pressed for time. Without going too much into depth, though, um, I don't think there's men. I don't think there's many more games that Martinelli will have to have to uh, to play before he gets a chance in the first team. I really really like well, it. He did at the first game of the season, didn't he? And he looked all yeah. right. Plus, he's absolutely to play anywhere across the front line, and he scored seven yeah. games, oh, seven games in four hundred and ten minutes, I think it is. And he's and he's got that South American bastard about him, hasn't he? He's got that. Oh, he bit he, not only that though he, he's he, you know he, he loses the ball and he's like an excitable puppy he's like i'm gonna go and get it back he's got that that grit that bit of desire i really really like him i think we i do think as our our good friend uh a ga tweeted the other night i think we found one there so um yeah hopefully that continues um one arm bastard who i know is a big fan of mine <laughs> um are lacazette and Torreira seemingly immune to criticism from many supporters i feel rob and hector aren't looking at full speed yet did you expect either in the starting lineup for um, for Leicester two months ago and do you now so the second part of that probably by Leicester I would expect both of them to be in so that answers that one are Lacazette and Torreira um, immune to criticism well, they've got to do something wrong haven't they yeah I, there's done nothing if, wrong if you fancy a laugh if you fancy a laugh listen to the Footballistically Arsenal podcast this week and listen, oh, listen just listen to the crap that Alan Algar spouts. Uh, I, I like Alan. You leave him alone. Well, you know, I'm sure he's a lovely bloke, but he talks utter shite. Um, so, yeah, if you fancy a laugh, uh, just just give that a listen. I'll say no more. I'll let you decide with your own ears. But what do you think, Joe? Do you think they're, you know, 
people people saying like is that it's you know hasn't come back the same player i feel like he needs to get up to speed and Torreira strikes me as a player who just desperately needs to play i don't know about criticism what do you think i think that's i mean i think you just said it it's hard to to find form when you're not having chances to find it and it's not just you know Torreira just needs to play and particularly he has to play where he's best at he's not going to find form playing as an eight when he's not an eight you know play him as a six let him find his form he, there was a reason why, like Danny brought up earlier in the pod, he won five men of the match awards out of six when he was playing in his correct position first half of the season last year. Lacazette just needs consistent minutes, I feel like. Everybody knows how good he is, but again, being able to slot into a place in the 11 consistently and just playing in that one area and just being able to find your feet it makes a big difference. If he's constantly in and out of the team or constantly in and out of different roles, it's hard to find consistency. So I don't think they're immune from criticism. I just think it's not time to be critical yet. I think if he was to start five matches and, and play poorly in four of them, then you can be critical. But we have to get to that point first before we can be critical. So. Yeah. Emery says he, he plays in there so he can break up, play further up the field, which I think yeah. is a nonsense idea. That is I, nonsense, but whatever. I, see, I, I can see what he's trying to do. I just don't think it will work. That's, yeah. I, I think so, sometimes you don't... Else, which isn't worth it. Yeah, if if you buy a tricycle, you don't ride it on two two wheels. Do you know well, what I mean? I like, do the analogies here. Eh? I do the shit analogies, not you. Well, yeah, but you know, yeah. Well, fair enough. Yeah, but no, um, bring the coffee up again. I will. By the way, if this podcast isn't called Unai and Reese, or, or Unai makes coffee with cat food, then I'm I'm quitting. <laughs> um, just because it will make people go, why is it called that? Uh, and you can draw pictures. No, I, 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 I would play, as I said earlier, I play Torreira in, in, his, in his rightful position. But I do get, I get why he's trying here. And he obviously saw something that, that Ramsey did in that position. And he obviously, you know, he wants to do it. And the only thing I can think is in training, it works. That's the only thing I can think. Because there's, there's no way any manager is that arrogant where they just go, well, I'm going to do it regardless. And that's it. Something obviously works. It just maybe doesn't work against certain opposition or, you know, he's being out tactic. I don't know. But still, good question. Um, what else we got? Matt Roberts says, "Are we seeing uh, after seeing sorry gestures of Bellerin um, last night? Do we does he deserve to be Arsenal captain?" Um, I do think people uh, are going to, are getting a little carried away. Um, it was really lovely to see him put the jacket around the lad. I thought that was very cute, and I, I do it was think Santa he put it around. Was that a little kid? No, that wasn't wasn't no, indeed. Who's uh, having a wonderful season, by the way, um, mm. and good to see. But no, I, I I think he will potentially be a, a possible future captain. But at the moment, I think that's probably a, a hassle he doesn't need. He just wants to go back to playing football. But no, he's um, yeah. I, I think I think deserving of being captain is probably a bit strong. Um, but one of the front runners in the long run, yeah, why not? Um, and a little vote, a little shout to Kieran Tierney as well, who was very vocal in telling the players to go and applaud the fans last night after the game, which is good to see. Um, fantastic. I just love he's he's so angry. But I love so the fact he his shirt in. That's great. Huh? <laughs> I love the oh, fact he's he's just, he's, he's, if you cut him in half, he'll have nineteen eighty four written through him or something like that. Yeah, he would. Brilliant. Yeah. We've got him for the next decade. Don't jinx it. You, you know now he's going to fall over the weights in the in the weight room tomorrow and be out for seven years. But yeah, mm. um, Pete Kennedy says to the to the pirates fire cannons at other ships. 
um, uh, if they ask for a trick for trick during treat, genuinely curious. <laughs> um, I'd take whatever I can get at the moment, Pete. Trust me. Uh, but I'd, I'd fire whatever. I'd trip up whoever. I'd do whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit salty after last weekend's result, but anyway. Something um, I think worse. Yeah, um, Drew, you can have this one because um, Nicky, Nick, sorry, Nicky, um, it's not Nicky Wilson. I think this is a different Nick Wilson. He says, "Chris, you're a football manager." debatable um why don't arsenal know how to take throw oh, is he's changed it to nick oh it is nick is oh, okay nick, cool. yeah. he's, he's being on mature yes. um yes he says why don't arsenal know how to take throw-ins um we're even told off for time wasting in the loss to sheffield united last week surely throw-ins are not difficult to teach um how do you teach throw-ins through because i see it even at my level where people just cannot take a throw-in and i don't understand why do you know why it's because people aren't at younger ages they stop teaching players how to take throw-ins and it's something that when you're coaching players of a certain age you expect players to just know yeah i i see it in in my in, in my my institution as well where i'll have 17 year olds i'm just like what are you doing like that is not but it's because the, whoever coached them before me when they were like 12 did not yeah. didn't uh, didn't tell them at all or they did it so poorly and it's just stuck with it and no one's corrected that behavior and that's just kind of how it begins and ends it's such a like a mundane small minute detail that so many coaches just bypass it because they're worried about the tactical side of things they forget to actually teach players how to throw a ball correctly so that's so true and when yeah. you say to a player a throw-in should always go line and they look at you blankly you know you've got a problem they yes. can't understand the I, idea. Also, I've also experienced that as well. So, yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, it's like throwing <laughs> straight into the middle of it is not a good idea. Correct. Mental. Uh, Danny, Swedish Gruner. Uh, actually, no, I'll take that one because that's about me. Uh, could the Pirates beat Arsenal under Emery? Naturally, we can beat anyone, Swedish Gruner. Uh, but no, probably not. Um, Sophie's question uh, Will Mike uh, wait for Arsenal to win the league? As long as his as long as his beloved Washington Nationals, uh, that one's gone over my head. Is that one that you know? Ah, oh, right. Okay. No, the Washington Nationals are an American baseball team. They just won the World Series last night. That's uh, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. Like they haven't won it in a while. Yeah, they haven't ever. That's the first time they ever won the World Series. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense now. <laughs> uh, the Houston Astros. Houston the name from the past. Love it. Um, Chris knows what that means. Danny has no clue. Danny's got <laughs> straight over his head. Um, yeah, cricket while, with a funny shape bat. While we're, on, like while we're on US sports, uh, how, how delighted I am that um, Chicago Fire are going back to Soldier Field as well. That's awesome. Oh, are they really? Yes, indeed. Yeah, as of next season. Um, oh, nice. They are playing their home games back home, which is quite cool. That's cool. Um, now they just have to learn how to play football again, which yes. is good. Um, <laughs> Josh Robinson, I suppose I can take a bit of this. You but... should have seen how he tweeted this. Every single one had a massive line in between it. It's like he was <laughs> shouting it at the top of his voice. <laughs> well, he says, Josh Robinson, 87, says, Ganduzi does my nutting, stresses me out when he's on the ball, gives it away, passing is average, puts teammates in danger, neither creative or defensive, no progression in the middle, midfield three of Torreira, Xhaka, Ozil. Please, do you agree? I'm just going to... Josh, I know where you live. And I'm coming for you. Uh, no, I don't know where you live, Josh, at all. Um, thank you for the question, Josh. Um, you might guess I strongly disagree with a lot of that by my uh, answering, but I will I will put it to Drew as well. Um, just my thoughts on it is that 
uh, yeah, I, I do disagree. The, the thing, the thing you have to remember with, with Gunduzi is he's not the finished article. There's still plenty of of work that needs to be done. But this is a large he's pub- finished puberty for fuck's sake. Exactly. He's he's come from from Ligue which um, you know I will completely admit is not the greatest standard of football. Having watched plenty of it this season and for a too few good for Khan. Yeah, not for Lorient. Hey, but um, yeah, it, it's not the greatest standard. Um, even making the step up from Liga is has been hard on a lot of players. So to step up from Liga is is incredibly hard. Not to mention the fact he's stepping up from Liga to Arsenal. He's you know this is not a player we've picked up from Watford reserves. This is a guy who has literally come from being a nobody unless you follow that that level to now essentially one of the first names on our team sheet. I think the pluses massively outweigh the negatives with Gunduzi, and uh, and he'd be in my lineup every week. I think he's he shows maturity beyond his age. He's 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 got leadership qualities. And no, I'm not saying he should be a captain. I'm just saying he's got leadership qualities. Um, and I'll draw a line under it by saying I can't wait for him to run Barcelona's midfield in three years' time because you all know that's what's going to happen. Uh, Drew, do you think Josh has got any points? Is there anything that you would add to that? No, I wouldn't say so. Um, I think I'd agree that, I, I mean, issues notwithstanding, most young players aren't going to be the finished article at the age he's at. So some of it is in terms of you just get better over time. Some of it is focused training that you can do on the training ground and it matches and, and they get better at it. But I think, the, as you said, the pros are with the cons. And I think I think he's earned the, the, the time he gets. I think he needs to be in for first choice 11 player at this point. And I think he should remain there until something drastic happens, like a massive injury, if it ever happens, God forbid, or, you know, we buy someone who just ends up being better or he gets sold. But I think he's, this is kind of something what the fans wanted though. Every, every fan keeps saying, we want to see younger players make it at the club and, and get time. You're seeing it right now. I'm being logical to Drew, for fuck's sake. <laughs> this is what I do best, Danny. <laughs> How dare you presume that if we claim lots now, then when he's older, it would be even better for us. No, you don't How play until you're good enough. <laughs> I'm playing until you're 26 years old and on the cusp of your prime. Yeah. Not to mention uh, a certain manager who had the faith to put him in the side as well, which is gone completely, uh, forgotten by everyone. Um, just to throw 61 that. 61 games he's already played for us. How many yeah. players? He's, he's played tw- the 12 highest number of games at the club already. Don't forget, people want to see Saka in, at left wing weekend. We got when he's only really performed in one match this season, but they're still happy to see him start. So. Gendouz is actually he he's earned it. He earned it, but you know, in points last season he's earned it. I think with most performances this season he's going to make mistakes. He's still not even twenty one years old yet. You kind of just have to live and grow with it. That's and that's also again I guess it's kind of part of a cultural thing. This is a standard operation procedure in in France and in Germany and the Netherlands, Belgium and in, in Spain and Portugal. Young players, if they're good enough, they play. When they make mistakes, you understand that they're nineteen or. 20 or they're 18 and they're going to make mistakes for all the people who keep saying that Kai Havertz is the, the, the second coming of Christ. He still has moments where he makes wrong decisions and he doesn't get skinned alive for it. So it's just kind of, you have to roll with the punches. Younger players will make errors when yeah. they make errors. You, you, you move on, but and you learn. he's been one of the more consistent performers in our entire midfield and he deserves to start and he should be starting until otherwise. And that's kind of where it is. So, and, and the same, I think, can be said of Danny Ceballos as well. I know he's copping a bit of flack at the moment. <laughs> See, I don't agree with that, but that's different. <laughs> yeah, I, I, 
I personally think there's a Rolls Royce in there. I think I think he's got everything to be a top top player. The only he thing that I think same position every game, and then we'll see the best of him. And I think he's got to work on decision making. That's the one thing I think that when he plays for Spain, I think because of their style, I think he's got that license to almost that tiki taka thing is stuck in his brain from from playing with in the Spanish national team. And I, th- I feel like he's maybe just holding on to the ball a bit too much, almost like Jack used to do back in the day, where he just seems to want to do a little bit too much. I think if you simplified his game, but I do th- I do think there's a player in there. I really do. I, there's, there's, there's enough I've seen to think that he'll he'll come good. Um, whether it's with us or whether it's when he goes back, I don't know. But the only thing I would say is I think we've got quite a good chance of getting him at the moment if we wanted to sign him permanently. So it's whether we do, but... Yeah, um, people on the fence, I think, with that one, but we shall see. Um, Okay, I think that was all the main questions, Danny. I'm just quickly scanning my timeline to see if there's any others. Uh, There was one quick one that came in late. Uh, Oh, actually, no, we did did answer that one, didn't we, Franz? We we got that one done. Um, I'm just quickly scanning just to make sure there's not. I think think they were the main ones that that came in. So thank you to all of those people who who tweeted. and, and shout out to Dan. Yeah, uh, he said, "Will it take you and I rolling one out on the pitch for you to go against him?" Uh, thank you, Dan. Yeah, no, I, I, I genuinely, uh, you know, you know my views. There are faults in the manager, one hundred percent, but I think there's also a lot of pluses that are being very easily forgotten. Um, and one other very quick, or two other very quick ones, just to give him a nudge. Um, Alonso Spencer, friend of the pod, hi Alonso. Said, "If Emery was to pick Ozil against Wolves, would you want would you want him in the midfield?" Or who would you want in midfield? Sorry, with him, I think we probably answered that for Megan Terraria, yeah, with with Ozil in in front. Um, and Mark Blundell. That's um, a bit of a is, long one. Just do the first say, bit. Yeah, it's a really good question, which maybe will will progress into next week. So, Mark, if we don't if we don't remember which, let's be honest. I'll save that. I'll get rid of the rest and I'll save that for next week, Mark. That's yeah. a good question. It is a, good a really part. good question. Um, and it's basically the challenge for, for the pod. Um, come up with five arguments where we have improved in the last 18 months um, and five more why you're optimistic that under Emery going forward. Um, he said, I don't mind if it's attitude, certain set plays or whatever, but come up with five. Um, so, yeah, it's a really good question. Um, and I might I might answer Mark in my own DMs at some point with that one. But, yeah, thank you, Mark. We will we will try and get that into a debate when we've got particularly a quiet week. I think that'll be a good one for a debate. Uh, Danny, before we um, begin to draw things down, we've got five forum, have we not? Certainly have. This week's Vice Forum was made up by me. Has Emery reached the point of no return or do you still have faith in him? I'll read these out and then you two can come up with a quick answer. The one-armed bastard who hates Chris says, uh, Unai has not reached a breaking point for me. I have faith. Rennie A, for me, Emery has been past his sell-by date since the last, since the last season's collapse. Uh, Mark J. Fine, who is a friend of all of ours, he probably typed that while jogging. I'm quite shocked at your language, Mark. He's put hashtag fuck Emery. <sighs> Sometimes, you know, you just uh, should stick to getting um, um, snakes out of baseball gloves or whatever it was he got or spider that nearly killed him. <laughs> Matt L. Roberts uh, says, there is still things that niggle me about things like our results. If we weren't in the top six by the new year, think his job might be on the line but think that the board won't renew his contract after this year. Yeah, I feel the same there. Uh, happy birthday, Stefan Selby, long-time friend of, the pod, friend of the pod, and always stuffs money down our pants. 
he hasn't told me what he wants me to do with that 30 quid that he gave us via PayPal. Um, Emery seems out of ideas. The decision he is making are crazy from the captain, lineup, subs, and his responsibilities in the press conferences. Very good point, Steph. Um, Mayank, who said I can call him Mike, says the temperature is definitely on the rise. For me, if he can turn around the results, I'll keep him till the summer, but definitely won't extend unless the, st- his, the style of play is more clear. And finally, someone, I think he's Portuguese, Felipe Filop? No? No. Um, his sounds like a wrong on that guy. <laughs> you wouldn't want to let him anywhere near your Kit Kats or your bins. No. He says... He passed the point of no return last season. Unfortunately, exclamation mark. Unfortunately, got no faith in him, exclamation mark. That's not right. That's not good English. Um, he never exceeds expectations, just permanently disappoints, exclamation. Is he talking about you, Chris, or is he talking about Emery? I think both. Probably yeah. probably is. Drew, what's what your, um, your thought? Uh I think for me, I'm kind of resigned to the fact that I feel like he should go at the end of the year. That doesn't mean my opinion can't be revitalized. So it's not the past. It's not past the point of no return yet. I feel like I'd probably revisit that opinion after the Christmas period if it's still a disaster in certain areas or it's gotten worse. Then I think it will get to the point where I, I don't think it can be revitalized. But I think there's a way back in at least for me, for my personal opinion, there's, there's ways that he can make my opinion change. The, I don't think the fan base overall has gotten to that point yet either. I don't think everybody wants him gone. I think he still has plenty of supporters. Um, I still think people are plenty available to be patient about it. I just, for me, patience is waning, but it's still there. So we'll see. Now, great view, Chris. Um, yeah, pretty much. As I said before, you know, back him, don't sack him for me. Um, but I do agree. As I said earlier on, he was given a two-year contract for a reason. You know, if, if we if we don't, for, for me. Anything other than a top four finish this season means that we have regressed. That's just a fact. Like I can't deny that. Um, yes, I think we have made progress in certain aspects of the club. And I do think that he has brought some good things. Um, and <laughs> contrary to, to the popular belief of our last couple of results with goals going in, I, I do think we are slightly better defensively. Um, I did think he had a point there, but he brought it up at exactly the wrong time as we shipped goals left, right and centre. But... Um, yeah, I, I think I think you stick with him. Um, you give him the time that you that you allowed him, barring anything dramatic. I think if, as Drew mentioned earlier on, if if we're sat here at Christmas, having lost, you know, six in ten or seven in in, in nine or something like that, and you know we've dramatically fallen off off competition, uh, or if we go out of the Europa League to some you know shopping trolley based eleven from North Luxembourg then I think then maybe you have to ask questions. But for me, Arsenal shouldn't ever be a sacking club. Um, you know, we should be a backing club until such time as the right um, replacement is is available for the right reasons uh, and it's done in the right way for me. So, yeah, I, I, I hope he proves a lot of people wrong. Um, whether he's the long-term choice, I, I, remain, I remain to be... Um, uh, I still need convincing shall we say but I'd rather back him than sack him fair enough right next thing we're going to do is gentlemen's nods I will start off with the podcast one so we are doing Movember so after this show tonight all of my moustache and beard is coming off and I'm going to look like a right fat nonce and I should be doing pictures so it's going to be me Ellis Shredder 
Um, Josh has just put a picture in our WhatsApp group. He looks like a, a four-year, a twelve-year-old boy. Say, he looks, he looks like he's thirteen years old. With the didn't get a first pimple yet. <laughs> All the money we got from last Thursday's pod, from the weekend's pod, from yesterday's pod, um, live shows and all the rest of November, all of it, every penny is going towards our November and we've all grouped together. So we've got the ABW November as well. And uh, if you want to give us money, do it via PayPal, just tweet us and I'll tell you the PayPal thing because then they get 100% of it. All these lovely people who donated money, 40% of it went to YouTube because they don't quite have enough money. So Michael Harneyman, Jamie, Jamie Fitzgard, Chris Lodato, J-Rob, Gabriel Gurmail Kaufman, Daniel Kupka, Jamie Fitzgerald, Michael Hernandez, Stefan Selby, Unique 79, Sam Roof, Jim Housen, Jamie Fitzgerald, Michael Harneyman, Blair Slater, Camper Beat, Camper Bat. Well, there you go. Lovely. Uh, good. Unique 79, Gabriel again, Stuart Shepard Gevers, $20 dues, Michael Harneyman, and then some of you have thrown money at us via PayPal, so that is going to be Stefan did, and uh, Michael Harneyman did again, Richard Morris did, and if I click on this one, it bring up a list of them. These are from uh, Ali Gezginel and Loki73, nearly said your first name there, um, Jonas Seg Sektnanberg, I think we've covered all of you. So if you want to go and have a look at my Movember, it is uh, mobro.co forward slash the GFP. We'll be putting them all on our Twitter. And my personal gentleman's nod is going to go to our wonderful Arsenal ladies who beat Slavia Prague 8-0 in the Champions League. Van de Donk, who's my favourite Arsenal player, got three. Maidima got three. Little and Ruud got one each. And we beat them 13-2 on aggregate. Remember the old days when we used to win five great margins in the Champions League? <sighs> oh, great days. Drew, who would you like to say hello to? No one. No one's important enough. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> exactly very new yorker with me uh no no no. i just uh but thank you guys for uh inviting me back on it was good to be back so. you're all you're always brilliant so i'd love to have you on you uh, could uh, you could tell people where they can hear drew on other pods couldn't you Danny? i could yeah, yeah he's on a lot he's a bit of a podcast uh regular <laughs> on a few plans he said whore then but no on, on quite a few so tell <laughs> me where, they, where they can hear you well uh i do some appearances for uh the gunner podcast with um laguna talk podcast with tom and then i also write for uh get general football news i also write for you're my arsenal um that's kind of kind of it so yeah very good yeah. chris Anyone you want to say hello to? Give them a little nod of appreciation or a nod of disapproval. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two, two, um, two quick mentions and then two personal ones. Um, Mark J. Fine, you mentioned already, and Richard Morris. Uh, Mark, you know your shirt is done. It will be going in the post probably early next week. Apologies, I'm kind of moving house at the moment and life is getting in the way. Uh, and Rich, your shirt will be getting done. Uh, during the course of this week and probably go out in the post next week as well. So I haven't forgotten you. Thank you very much. Thanks for being patient with me. Love you both. Are they the Pirates ones, the giveaway yeah. prize thing? Oh, That's because someone did tweet and ask what was going on with that and I ignored them. Who did? Who did? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Someone said, ask Chris what's going on with them shirts, what's done on my business. We've got <laughs> okay. your money. We don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're the two that I actually owe. So if yeah. anyone is asking about um, having shirts or donations uh, or giveaways, whatever, just drop me a line and I'll, I'll sort that out. No problem. Because you've got a lovely um, new third kit. 
Uh, yes, we have. We're going to be debuting that this weekend, actually. Funny enough, cheap plug, the gold one. Um, yeah, and two personal shout-outs. Uh, today is Halloween. Most people know it's Halloween. Um, to me, it's quite a special day because it would have been my granddad's birthday. Um, and if any of you that know me personally, which is not many of you, but will we'll maybe know that um, I grew up from a broken family in terms of my parents' divorce when I was very, very young. Um, my granddad was an absolute hero to me. He was my role model. He was my idol, and I miss him dearly to this day. Sadly, not been with us for a number of years now, but I just want to say, big man, still thinking of you, and um, he's the reason I support this wonderful club we've been talking about tonight. So, um, yeah, may he rest in peace and happy birthday, big man. Um, and also, on a similar note, um, most people know I'm obviously a big fan of my French football. Um, today would have been Emiliano Salas' birthday. He would have been 29 today. So uh, just while we're all, um, I say while we're all, we're not all, but while those people that are tweeting and uh, are sending messages to Granite Jacker about his family and wishing ill on him and his family and that, um, maybe just take a second before you send something fucking stupid and remember that life is very, very short and tragic things happen to people both celebrity and non-celebrity every single day. Um, just take time to remember some people that are no longer with us and your words do have effects sometimes. Um, and although you might not mean what you say, sometimes that person might not be around the next day and then you've got that on your conscience. So maybe just have a think before you abuse people. Um, if you want to boo and you want to have your opinion on people, you pay your money, you have the right to do that in the ground, but maybe just think before you say certain things or throw certain insults. So don't want to end it on a downer, but, you know, just just saying. Um, and just thank you to everyone who tunes in. Um, you know, we, uh, we do this for free, as you all know, and, and we really appreciate everybody tuning in. The comment section is always fun, so keep doing that. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people tune into this just for the personalities. Um, God knows why people listen to me rattle on, but, you know, it's all good. Um, and it genuinely comes from a good place. And even when I'm bastard, you know, I know you don't like me, but it's fine. I love you. It's fine. Uh, Jace doesn't like me, and he still speaks to me. It's fine. It's all good. It all comes from a good place, and we all love this club, so... Hopefully we can uh, find some common ground um, as a as a fan base and, and get back to winning ways when we play Wolves on Saturday. Um, so, Danny, yeah, who's on the who's on the live show this weekend? It is Mr. Davis, Mr. Mr. Dawes, and my good self, looking like a fat nonce because I've only got all day Friday and until Saturday afternoon to do my best to try and grow some kind of facial hair. <laughs> I'm like trying to make it grow because I don't look good without a beard. I've not had a bit. I've had a beard or a goatee since for third, nearly thirty years. Only once in two thousand and sixes I shaved it off to scare Sean when she was naughty. But yes, um, yeah, remember, people don't like, don't subscribe, don't tell anyone. This is our little secret. Shh. And I think with that we should close the show. I think you should draw our moustache for comedy purposes. Yes, indeed. Right. Um, we uh, have had a lovely time tonight. We, we got it done in the exact one and a half hours that we aimed for because Chris didn't go on too much. Thank you very much for joining me tonight, Chris. It's been brilliant. No problem. Thank you, as always. Thank you to all of our listeners. Love you all. And thank you very much, Drew. You've you've been very, very good. You've you've been the sense in this uh this schlobberknocker sandwich. It's not <laughs> like nothing I want to be a part of, but thanks for having me back again. No, there's probably a, there's probably a YouTube video about that kind of nonsense. If not, John will know what it means. <laughs> right, thank you very much for, for watching. Remember, don't tell anyone we exist, keep it a secret, and we will see you after the game on Saturday. Goodbye. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business.